Why would you hit that? Bam, we're live. I think you're on the wrong mic. Uh, thank you. Very astute observation. Oh, my goodness. Oh, shit. My shit's not even turned on. The power went off here today. I'm on the wrong everything. Are you living in South Africa? Yes. Rolling black yeah. house? <laughs> mas, yeah. mas bueno? Mas bueno? There it is. Hi. I'm Savan Matosian. In the morning, I talk about transgender issues, abortion, racial tensions, and how to draw a man holding a penis in his hand. In the afternoon, I talk about Frisbee with my friend Brian Friend. <laughs> how are you? Put that on your resume. Alex Mallard. Look at, look at Alex Mallard is um, Pretty in Pink. You know that movie? Pretty in Pink? Dude, that's my... an incredible fucking movie. Uh, it has Reith Witherspoon in it. It's probably 20 years old. It was one of those movies I'm like, I cannot believe I'm watching this dumb movie, and I cannot believe how good it was. I mean, you I haven't probably seen got it. laid after you watched it, so it was worth it. <laughs> so you think there's some sort of connection there? Uh, no, it was, it was uh, oh, no, it's not that movie. Sorry. It's not that movie at all. Thank you for correcting me. What is it? Reith, um... <laughs> Uh, legally, legally blonde legally blonde legally blonde thank you thank you man Hill, i hope hiller didn't hear that he'd be so disappointed <laughs> mr mooney finally able to catch a live show this week elizabeth hi how are you nice to see you in a frisbee legally blonde thank you uh Bruce that's, a, Wayne. that's a real reason we're doing these shows trying Stay. to find a girl who likes disc golf enough to play with me uh paulina <laughs> hi would you like to play some disc golf with an uh uh 35-year-old male from uh, Chicago who has uh, very stressed out because of the uh, idiots he lives around. Uh, he likes to take his stress out with Frisbee golf and then a few other extracurricular activities. Like trying a man holding a penis. Right. Did you <laughs> did you see that? Did you see that today? My um I put a, I did I did an art class. I did not. <clears throat> um how about my poor sportsmanship of the year award? Did you see that? The Iowa wrestling? <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> that's that's a that's, that's Iowa wrestling for sure. I mean, that's how it is even in high school. Like people would get into full blown brawls in the stands because of it. I'm gonna show. I'm gonna show. Uh, um, I'm gonna show. Hey, and this lady called to explain it to me. This lady called uh, to explain to me th why I should be sensitive to this. Watch this, Brian. Brian, this is a couple days ago. This um, this lady's son – I didn't know this when I saw it, but this lady's son was going for his fourth national title in wrestling in Iowa. Iowa's like one of the small states in the middle of the country. With the largest wrestling programs. Okay, so that I think that's her son on the bottom, right? He's getting mashed by this dude whose mm -hmm. pants are so tight you can see his butt cheeks. Oh. And that's unfortunate. Look at that's look, unfortunate Brian. to see, but this is the this is the this is what happens here. Jim. Yeah, There's so much at stake here. Oh, the, the memories are just as engaged. And her glasses did not survive that match. Oh. And that's unfortunate. Oh. That's unfortunate to see, oh. but this is the this is the this is what happens here. Hey, yeah. there's so um, much at stake here. It reminds uh, me of that golf clip from last week where the guy shot. what's the guy's name? Nikki? Who who got in the face of the of Nico. the like the Nico, yeah. 
just completely belligerent. Hey, if you're standing next to that lady, you feel something. Like Son, you're such an embarrassment to me. I don't even want to watch this. Anymore. <laughs> <sighs> he definitely was hit by it with a belt. Um, how much dirt does Brian have on Sevon to extort you this long? It's huh, valid, valid question. Three weeks of Frisbee, and I'm disgusted by how I'm starting to enjoy it more. Wait till you see this clip we have. Uh, Caleb, do we have that clip? Um, yes. Do we have, you know who sent that to me? You know who sent that to me? I knew it happened. I knew the incident happened on the golf course this weekend. We'll fill you guys in in a minute. Hang tight. Me and Brian and Caleb are going to have a private conversation for a second. I knew that happened because I watched it, and I'm like, God, where is that video of that happening? Because I heard the commentator say it happened. And I'm like, holy shit, the dude was bleeding. It had to be fucking taken off. I couldn't believe it. And then, and then Cameron, the guy who sells his, his underwear, the guy who's like, hey, I made $800 selling underwear. You have to f- sell 40 seven podcast shirts to make the money. The guy with the giant dick who's in the chat all the time. You know what I'm talking about, Caleb? Cameron? He has an OnlyFans? Oh, I know. He, he sent me this. We'll play this once now, and then we'll and then we'll revisit this uh, later on in the show. But this is Eagle McMahon. I don't know if you guys remember, but Brian was saying this guy's one of the greats, greatest. And, and what is this? Wait, before you play, what's this throw a grenade, Brian, that he throws? Yeah, I'm not sure if he's throwing a grenade or just a, a really overstable spike hyzer shot here. But basically, there's a small tunnel through the woods you can go through, and he's just taking the air out of the, the like risk out of that shot by going over the top, hoping the disc will spike in near the pin. So, so imagine this thing, dude. But basically, what Brian is saying is, you know, a frisbee usually travels like this, right? This guy is going to throw it so high that it's going to have to turn like this. You guys understand? Like, it, and he's one of the hardest throwers in the history of the sport. <clears throat> you guys are going to trip when you see this. I'm, these cameramen, I want, I want. They're they probably volunteer. They probably don't get paid shit. The okay. volume's got to be on, right? <laughs> yeah, it's on. Oh man, this is crazy. Have you seen this? Did you yeah. see this live, Brian? Yes. Oh, man. Here we go. Action. Eagle McMahon. Oh, did, he can't even see the hole, right? He doesn't even know where he's throwing no, it. No, he sees it through there on the left side. Look at that. Up, 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 up. And it's now it's like a straight down. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> you guys, those discs are so hard. It's The sound is like, it's ridiculous. <clears throat> Oh. oh my goodness. Hey, uh will That's they wear so brutal? He had will, no warning. He had no idea. Will they wear um uh helmets after that? <sighs> Probably not. I mean, I think this is a pretty rare occurrence. Dude, it's gonna happen again. There's cameramen standing out there f- just by every hole. I saw another yeah, guy get fans, hit. I, I saw another guy get hit too, but the, close too. I think that if someone's going to throw a shot like that in the future, they might <laughs> vacate the area a little bit more. But I I saw another um, uh, someone else get hit, but the commentators didn't really talk about it. I, I can't remember if I. Oh, they got hit by a disc. By hit by a disc, and it was actually helped the guy. It kept it like inbounds or something. I can't remember if it was a cameraman or one of those guys who gets all crazy with the flags. Spotters. <laughs> Nuts. Uh, Harvey Pinnock. Is that a guy's name? Is that named after someone? We're at the Harvey Pinnock Golf Course in Austin, Texas, a brand-new Frisbee golf course. 
Yeah, and a brand new a brand new course on the tour this year, highly scrutinized by the players. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, we at the very end of the show we will talk about that because it's very interesting. I don't want to tell you who the winner is, but it's very interesting who uh, what the winner says. Um, about the course and i have a little clip we'll play and then we'll get brian's take on that and maybe get him to talk a little about that in relationship to crossfit in the quarterfinals if we can uh harvey morrison pennick was an american professional golfer and coach and coach and coached and coached many hall of famers in golf he was born in uh, 1904 and died in 1995 at the age of 90 harvey pennick and the, and this disc golf course is to, you know is is built on a golf course a ball golf course um which happens quite a bit and so that's why they're playing disc golf on a course that's named after a golfer i'm kind of surprised they allow that because uh I, when i think of golf i think of it just being super bougie bougie there are some tournaments like there's a tournament in california that's called uh the goat hill the goat hill disc golf tournament or whatever it is and they often talk about that exact thing, like that the golfers don't love that they're out there and the other way around, but they coexist. I would think the Frisbee golf guys don't give a shit. Um, I mean, most of the time, no. I think that there are, you know, very specific things that 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 bother them, which is like, uh, especially when they're putting and they're like, you know, they're really focused if someone's like just driving the golf cart past really fast in the background or right in front of them or something like that. But I also think that the best players have accepted the fact that there will often be distractions at, in critical moments that are out of their control and try to train themselves to be able to focus in anyway. Focus in anyway. Uh, Nate Dog, this show hasn't even broke 100 viewers. Dude, it's fucking 4 o'clock. We're going for the record low today. We're talking yeah, about the least popular topic at the least popular time. Thank you. Well said, Brian. Uh, we are going to start in round two on the front nine. Uh, it's uh, As I recall, Brian has educated us in all of these tournaments. Most of the tournaments have three rounds. When I say the front nine, that's the first nine holes. When I say the back nine, it's the last nine holes. So that's nine through 18. And by three rounds, all the players on the tour or at the event will play um, holes one through 18 three times. And whoever has the lowest score at the end of those uh three 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 chances at the at the course is the winner uh, they do have a podium it sounds like i didn't know that i assume it's uh, first second and third place because they said last week cole was on the podium yep and uh like i said this is a brand new course uh austin texas and it is the uh the third week of the tour of a um the 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 actual time in calendar days is about 32 weeks but the number of events is actually about 16 they would say it's the third stop on the disc golf pro tour. Third stop. Okay. Uh, and, and, and an incredible uh, event. And you, the two, the two organizations, if you just want to watch this stuff, the same footage that I watch, it's the condensed versions. I watched about three hours of this in total. Um, you can go to a website called Jomez Pro, J-O-M-E-Z Pro. That's well, a YouTube channel. That's a YouTube channel. Or uh, you can go to gatekeeper media thank you gatekeeper media and uh both coverages are kind of crazy good i'm, I'm kind of you know that i've sp actually spoken to several people in crossfit about that exact thing and about the, how good their media is yeah and just the thought of having a post-production company for crossfit that does something very similarly 
that would just take a day of the CrossFit Games and condense it down to 45 minutes of footage for the men and 45 minutes of footage for the women that eliminates all the fluff in between and just gives you the the best stuff. If you're a diehard fan and you still want to watch it live, that option is always available. Or in the case of Disc Golf Network, you can pay to watch it live. And if you don't care that much, then you can just spend a, you know a fraction of the time watching the day after, and and you get all the best stuff in all in a short amount of time. Uh, this hurts. Oh, I don't know what this is in reference to. Um, oh, uh, Heidi says we need to spice the show up. Give uh, Caleb a, a wig or invite a girl on. Or Olivia says give Brian a joint and Sevon a truly. Do you know what a truly is? Sounds like a chick's drink, dude. It's like. <laughs> it's like a white claw (laughs) but it's that hurts that hurts a little that stung uh yeah brian Brian, you know what so well done olivia brian you know what else they could do uh at any event they could just put two or three roaming cameras give us access and our own uh and we could just commentate it and give crazy behind the scenes content for pennies on the dollar like they do, like we, we could cover you and I could, and Caleb could cover that event for pennies on the dollar that they do there with like just a live behind the scenes, everything. Maybe those guys would want us to do that. Send a few people to just I'd cruise around. Yeah. I mean, it's I crazy. I've never been to a, a, a pro disc golf tournament. Oh, and, and uh, I have some time codes for some, uh, one or two incredible crowd shots. I saw at the end, I was actually surprised to see how large the crowd is, but to kind of give perspective. Okay. Uh, so round two, um, let's set up round two. So first of all, round one was very, very challenging conditions. It was like in the four, this is in Texas, Austin, Texas, which is not, you know, in, in Texas, it can get cold in the winter, but usually in Austin, it's pretty nice. 44 degrees, 20 plus mile an hour winds on day one. Very challenging. The best scores were only five under par that day. There'd be, multiple players who would shoot twice as good as that on each of the rounds afterwards. And there were close to 40 players within five shots of the lead after the first day. So that's where we're starting off. Uh, So very close race. And this comes, remember, this is coming on the heels of the closest disc golf tournament in the history of the DGPT, which has only existed since 2016 in this form last time in Waco, Texas. So last week was the closest ever, and now we're going to beat it again one week lever. One week lever, one week later. One week later, and 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 basically is just talking to the nature of the competition right now. It's very, very competitive. There are a lot of guys who can win, and um, you know they, whether it's a course that's been around for a long time like Waco or a brand-new course, it's, it's just a tight field. Uh, and, and, and evolving quickly. Yeah, some of the best players uh, in this week are 18 years old. You know, so it's similar to CrossFit in that regard too, where there's this up and coming group of people who have grown up playing this sport now, or been exposed to it at a young age, and gotten really good really fast. Uh, does California Hormone sponsor disc golf? No, but I bet you, in general, people who partake in California Hormones uh, TRT program uh, do significantly better. I bet you it's a good it's a good uh, head trip. I bet you people on testosterone, I bet you it's not, uh, I bet you that mental clarity and confidence. um, You know who does sponsor disc golf? Who? Homegrown Relief. Uh, They're a CBD company that I've been working with a little bit. No shit. Yeah. PC hooked it up. I got some of their stuff. It was actually super helpful this past weekend. And uh, 
and they've been sponsoring some disc golf events for the last couple of years too. Fantastic. Tell them to sponsor this show. Uh, extra sloppy. No beer on the discourse. On the discourse. Get it? No beer on the discourse. No beer on the discourse, but it does smell like hella weed everywhere. What are you from? Northern California? Hella weed. Who is this person? Uh, uh, weed is actually part of your gear, your gear bag. The bags. Yeah, they have you know specific bags for carrying their discs, and every one of them has a specific pocket for concealing joints or not. If not concealing, if you don't care. If you have a if you have a sponsor, you don't conceal it. <laughs> okay, uh, main card main card coverage brought to you by Sevon and Brian and Caleb and the Sevon podcast. No, uh, brought to you uh, from Jomez Pro. A uh, whole one, very cold. Uh, first time I've seen people hooded up um, and uh, bundled up. Not windy. Uh, Simon Lazat, Paul McBeth, six time world champion, and a guy I hadn't seen before. I don't think first week of my introduction to this guy, Vino Makella. Vino Makella, one of the players from Finland. There are quite a few good players from Finland, actually. And he has kind of a, well, he's won a ton of tournaments in his career. He has a history of doing, I would say, based on what I know about him, his history is that he does better on the harder courses and at the bigger tournaments. And uh, finally, uh, Gannon Burr, the 18-year-old who is a giant. And uh, in the first week, they told us he's put on 25 pounds. I don't believe it. He looks like he's lost 25 pounds. But uh, 18-year-old kid, uh, I think 6'4", looks like he's got a good head on his shoulder. He's impressive, man. I mean, we we did a, a disc golf fantasy draft for the entire season this year. And I oh, chose to shit. take with who? First. Who's we? <laughs> my brother and his friends that introduced wow. me to disc golf a few years ago. Wow. And I chose to pick him with, uh, I think, the third or the fourth overall pick instead of Eagle McMahon, which is pretty high praise for the young guy. Yeah, I think he made the right choice. Okay, so here we go. Let's start hole one, 601. Uh, Paul McBeth, the greatest golfer in the game, in the history of the game, uh, is, I think, on the tee. Oh, no, no. This is his uh, – no, he's putting. Uh, a little surprising here, this shot. Let's see what we got here. Really difficult first hole. Very few birdies on this all day. Great look at the basket. Uh, what is going he, – he hits an obvious tree, an obvious tree. Yeah, so there's kind of two ways to putt. You can do like a little sh- a low spin putt that gets a little rise. The problem <clears> is if it rises, it might rise a lot and go like way over the basket and drift far to the left, and he could be just as far away as he was. The other option is to try to flirt with the low ceiling of this tree and hope that it gets lucky and gets through. And if it doesn't, then it just knocks it down, and you're half as close to the basket as you were. So he went with the safer option, but probably this is just not a very makeable putt. Uh, you don't think he does just a hard shot directly at it because he thinks if he misses, it'll roll another 30 feet away. Or that the wind would get under it and it would swoop way off high into the left. God, because this just seems so sloppy for a guy who's best in the world. Like it's like, and specifically he's, he's the best in the world because of putts of this distance that he's made in his career. Uh, Gannon six ten. He knows Paul Macbeth, the greatest guy in the world. By the way, this is the, is this the main? This is the main card, meaning these these are the four guys who are in the lead after the after the first eighteen. Yeah, they were uh, the only four guys that were uh, that were all five under par coming into day two. So, so a big a big shot for Gannon, um, as he knows Paul Macbeth, the best in the world, just shit the bed. Interesting 
stat, and actually Gannon Burr is the one who I think brought this to people's attention, is that since he's been on tour, which this is the third year now that he's on tour, so the last two two years, in tournaments that he's been on the same card as Paul Macbeth, he shoots better than Paul Macbeth more often than Paul Macbeth shoots better than him. <clears throat> oh, so Paul Macbeth is a good luck charm for him. It's kind of like, you know, it's in, in a way it reminds me of Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer where, you know, Federer's got this insane record against everyone. And then all of a sudden this guy comes around that he simply just cannot beat. And that's him. Well, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. Paul's still winning, winning plenty of tournaments, but when they play on the same card, Gannon shoots better than him more often than not. Well, we're about to see today what happens. We'll see if that's true today. Okay. Uh, 610 Gannon for the putt. Two cameramen, their lives at stake. Bam. Yeah, he putts as hard as anyone in the game, and he's pretty accurate. Last year when he was really making his name <clears throat> well-known, um, he said that he he would basically spend uh, or, or putt 200 putts every night from 35 feet away. 33 feet is the edge of the circle. and that, that That's just what he's been doing for years. Hey, what do you think he does? Do you think he has like 100 discs, and he just stands there with them in a pile, throws 100, goes, collects them, and then comes back and throws 100 again? Yeah, I don't know how many. Um, I think it's more likely that it's closer to 12. And, and you think he wh- – why? Why do you think he – you think he takes 12 putters out there, identical? I mean, he, when he, he would – you know, he was doing that probably in his basement for a long time, but um, – Shooting I, putts? At, he has a basement where there's a 35-foot range in there? Or somewhere like that, yeah. But, I mean, when he's on the road, you're not going to, you know, they might be traveling around with hundreds of discs, but um, probably not a 100 of the same putter. Usually when I see guys doing putting practice, pros doing putting practice, they have like 10 to 12 of the same putter. God, that must take forever to do that. Okay, 640. Um, Let's see, I forget who this is. Oh, maybe it's a little before 640. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Let's go with six thirty-five. Uh, I just wanted you guys to see this because it always tripped me out when the um, disc would bounce off the chains. And here's a good slow mo of what it looks like when you throw a disc right at the change, and it uh, it it bounces out. Here we go. You'll see it here in one second. Here, and I, I want to say this was uh, that's Simon Lazat. Look at. It looks like it's for sure. Bam. Nope. Yeah, I just needed to uh, keep it <clears throat> keep it straight for a half a second longer. Uh, hole two, 843. Uh, Macbeth has already thrown it off the tee. This is his second throw. Hole two. Hole two, two is, is like, nine. for a lot of the best players, they're really thinking that this is a hole they should be getting a birdie on. Here we go, Paul Macbeth. The mauve pants. Crazy shot. Crazy shot. Yep, really well placed. Nice little hyzer into the open side of the green. Can't miss from there. And, I mean, yeah, like I said, uh, I, I didn't run the stats, but it's probably in the top three or four easiest holes on the course. And uh, just like Brian said, uh, they all expect to get birdies, and they all did get birdies on hole two. 
Uh, we and meaning that they put it in in two shots, right? Or, or is uh, it's it a, a par four. It's a relatively okay. short par four, under seven hundred feet, which is. And um, since you mentioned there was no wind on this hole, this is a pretty standard. Get it in the landing zone. You're within three hundred feet, and you pitch it up there and and tap it in. Uh, a, a hole three, eleven twenty nine. What are the What do these arrows mean? Where? You're You're about to see them right there. Uh, Go ahead and pause that up. Look at those. Those are so. Those are mand- mandos, is what they say, or a mandatory. So your disc must travel to the right of the tree on the left and the left of the tree on the right before it can do anything else. And all three times that they play the course, um, those will be there. Yes. Interesting. Okay. So it's eliminating specific shots, or it's forcing you to take a specific line. And uh, this is Simon uh, off the tee, his first drive on hole three. And I don't know if we've talked very much about Simon in general in the first two. This is a terrible shot. Yeah, that. by the way, that is the worst shot you're going to see of the entire tournament right there. I'm not even sure what happened there, but go ahead, Brian. I don't even remember watching this shot, but that's, I mean, I don't even know what to say about that. This is a pretty tough um, or very specific shot that they're demanding. I'm guessing this just came out of his whole, his hand very early, but Simon is one of the most popular players on tour. He's one of the best players in the world and has been for many years, um, and he made a big disc change in the offseason and actually caused a lot of stir and commotion and the like the story surrounding simon this year is after coming back last year really and and winning three tournaments is he going to be able to win with a new bag of discs a new disc company sponsoring him this season and we shall see uh and something interesting happens here it's the first thing i've seen in three tournaments if you go to twelve twenty-five, you would think this is simon again you would think that he'd be out there in the bushes looking for his disc but instead um he does something that they call he re-tees and uh he uh because his first shot was so bad um i guess you just take a point and you go back and start start from the tee again can you only do that from the tee brian yeah, you, so if you throw it out of bounds off the tee shot, just like in regular golf, you always have the chance to throw your third shot from the tee instead of taking it where you'd be forced to. Sometimes there's a drop zone, so if it goes out of bounds, you're forced to play from the drop zone. In this case, because he went out of bounds short left over there, where he would have had to throw it from would have been a really, really demanding shot, <clears throat> and so he just chose to take the more probably safe play and just try again from the tee. Uh, okay, so we'll go ahead and take a look at Simon's shot here. Once again, a transition. Uh, they are all. It looks like they're all starting off the tee pad. Then they got to step up onto it. Get a look at that crowd. Nice skipper. That white line is out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Decent crowd for day two in the on a cold morning. Thirteen oh three. Gannon. I think this is Gannon off the tee. Nope. It's uh maybe Gannon's second shot. Oh, sorry. Oh, here we go. Oh, no, he, he's putting. Gannon, Gannon for the putt. Yeah, tough putt. And a lot of greens on here are similar to this where there's just nothing behind them. So if you miss, that's going to be down where those cameramen are standing. 13-15, uh, uh, Macbeth uh, tries to uh, match uh, Gannon's putt. Kind of crazy, kids. Kind of crazy. Much safer putt though there, you know, because he's coming uphill. So if he misses, that's just going to land five feet past the basket. If it hits the cage, it could possibly roll back towards him. So it's, you know, he's better off missing high than low, 
Whereas, you know, if you if you miss that putt on from where Gannon was at, it's most likely just going down that hill about to where Paul was. Uh, Simon ends up with a double bogey. That's uh, t- two points over par. Not a good hole for him. And a fourteen oh five. Another great look at uh, a slow mo of Gannon Burr. Bam. Yeah, and that, that you can kind of see how powerful that putt is there, and the fact that he's still willing to putt it that hard with so much risk past the basket. You know, it's a it's a lot of confidence. And and I think we will revisit that topic that Brian is talking about here uh, later on. It, it doesn't always work out uh, so good for everyone. Okay, hole number four. I know there's something about this hole. Um. 1639. Oh, okay. So this is this is where the cameraman was injured. Oh, yeah. is, is that him on the ground there holding his hands on his head? He's holding an ice bag on his head at this point. Yeah. So Eagle McMahon was at four under par after the first round. And so he was on the chase card, which is the card ahead of the players that we're watching now. And basically when that happened, those two cards came to like a, a stop for like 20 to 30 minutes while they were attending to this guy. So that's why they included in part of the coverage because it affects, you know, it, it affects play when you just have to, you know, you're on a roll or whatever and you stop. And if you look on the right side of the screen there, the guy that's crouched down with the glasses and the hat, that's Eagle McMahon. And he had, he's talked about this sense. Like you know, Eagle is a very, very nice person in general, he really cares about humans and the well-being of the world. And this was, a, this affected him for sure. Uh, go ahead and play the audio here, uh, Caleb. Let's listen. The, the commentator said something interesting here when I asked Brian about about how they were allowed to stay warm. The athletes were allowed to stay warm while they took a 30-minute break. Go ahead. So we are actually going to take a about a 30-minute wait, and you can see Eagle there. Is, he's, in, he's on the right, oh, and he, he there's been an unfortunate incident where a cameraman was hit by, oh, shit. by Eagle, and there was a – a long backup and they they actually were granted uh an opportunity to play catch and to stay warm which is just a provisional rule at this moment because there was such a long backup while they were attending to the cameraman and now they're back into uh back into the swing of things it sounds so, like he is so did you guys hear that i wonder if we're gonna get in trouble for that for that seven more than seven seconds but um uh caleb um but they were allowed to play catch and you watched them play catch did you see that and what, what kind of disc are they playing catch with like just a regular disc craft or are they actually playing with the frisbee golf discs uh <clears throat> disc craft is a company that makes frisbee golf discs but probably just a putter or mid-range disc that they took out of their bag something that flies pretty neutral and just throwing back and forth to each other. Yeah, dang. And it crazy. was kind of cool. <laughs> and the live coverage, they didn't have that, like, um, the chance, you know, they didn't say that as eloquently as he had. So all of a sudden I see them throwing, and I was like, wait, what's going on? And then I realized they were playing catch with each other, and I was like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. Like, this is something you would rarely get to see them do. Yeah, it, it was cool. It, it, I really appreciate it. It made the uh, sport seem a little more uh, familial. Uh, 1815, uh, Macbeth was trying to do a crazy shot maybe we can see that one more time uh, we can actually see him come off so this is his second shot and i don't think he can see the um, basket and he has to hook this yeah this um this hole is a long hole five as you can see par five 1028 feet and it's a giant boomerang it just 
going right to left the entire time. So he hugged the fairway really tight to get to that spot and he hugged it again. And that entryway that he went into that little gap there is very small and he can't see it. So that's an extremely precise shot to get it that far in to the mouth of the entrance. This is the same hole that Eagle McMahon decided to go over the top of because of how small that window is. Oh, that's the exact basket where the yeah. dude took one in the dome. Okay, so yeah. So last time Eagle McMahon we saw come over the top of those trees that are that were looking on the right hand side and uh instead uh Macbeth It's a came dangerous the audience opening. to say a dude took one in the dome in front of. Took dude took one in the yes, yes, it is. Uh 1904, uh Gannon also uh making a statement uh showing how talented he is in the bushes taking a knee. Not like the kind of knee they take in the NFL, but still taking a knee. Yeah, a little forehand touch shot. Very nice. Uh, right by the basket. 1915, uh, Simon um, with the putt. Doesn't want to be outdone by the other boys. And keep in mind, Gannon Burr is making four birdies in a row to start this round. Simon's just coming off a double bogey, and this putt is to save par. So even with making that putt, he's only one He's one over par. He's already five shots behind Gannon just through four holes, and they came into this round tied. And keep that in mind later on. So Gannon is, is, is four or five shots up after four or five holes? Relative to, to Simon, yeah. Crazy. Uh, by the uh, Caleb, anywhere it says slow mo, you don't have to play the slow mo, but that means that these guys played it again. So you could pause it and then replay it if you wanted to. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to. You see where it says slow mo in my notes or yeah. slow no? I kept wanting to correct to slow no. Uh, twenty ten. Now it's a uh, Vino's turn. By the way, this guy sounds just like fucking Miko Salo when he talks. It's crazy. <laughs> twenty ten. Uh. Vino has got to do something amazing here, and he yeah. does. Yeah, really good putt there um, to make a birdie. And, you know, all these guys are trying to keep pace with Gannon at this point, and so he he wanted that one pretty bad. Uh, Michael C., uh, so bummed I missed the live show this morning. Brian just said mouth and hole in the same sentence. Hey, listen, Michael, th- there's an art class in the beginning of today's show. I highly recommend <laughs> uh, you go and check it out. Incredible. I hope all of you guys uh, sent me, DM me your uh, pictures that you drew from your art class uh, this morning. Hole five. Uh, Gannon is on pace to set the course record. Now, the commentator said this, and I'm like, wait a second, Brian, isn't this a new course? Who cares? I mean, of course, someone's going to set have to set the record. Yeah. And so <clears throat> coming into the tournament, there wasn't one. After round one, the course record was five under par. But because the wind was down on round two, it was assumed that someone would be doing much better than that. And a lot of players did much better than that. Uh, OGC. Yes. OGC. Hole five, 21, 20. Gannon on the tee. Brian, is this a good, is this a good launch off the tee here? I mean, it's a 480 foot shot uphill uh, with a, with out of bounds in front. So you got to give it a good rip. This is a, I mean, this is a really good shot. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> That's pretty much perfect. I got you can't do it much better than that. By the way, that uh that splash paint on the OTB discs, uh Life is RX sells a a CEO sweatshirt, yeah, with that same kind of style. It's pretty dope. It's one of my favorite. It was one of my favorite to one of my kids said, I want a rainbow sweatshirt like that. Again, an epic drive off the T2205 Vigno. 
Is it Vino? Am I saying it right? Vino. Vino. Uh, uh, he's feeling the pressure. Uh, does he match Gannon's throw here, uh, Mr. Friend? Does he do what he needs to do to stay in the game? Uh, he throws a really nice shot. Yep. And even better than Gannon. Vino is on my fantasy team also, by the way. Well, then you're doing good. I actually had five players. You only score five out of your ten players every round, and I had five players finish in the top ten in this tournament, which is insane. Yeah, that's crazy. You're going to win. Uh, 23, uh, Simon uh, makes a very, very risky putt here near the out of bounds. Now, before he throws this, let's, well, I want Brian to explain to, to you how fucking crazy and dangerous this putt is. Well, the only good thing for him is that there's not a lot of wind, but it's an elevated basket, which always makes things a little bit more challenging. And I actually think that the Disc Golf Pro Tour stops are mandated to have a minimum number of elevated baskets per course, like maybe at least one per nine, something like that. But you see the white stakes in the background by where the cameraman is standing. So that's out of bounds back there. So again, if you miss this, there's a decent chance it goes out of bounds long, and then that's going to make you basically turn a birdie opportunity into a bogey right away. Or worse. Or worse. Okay. Uh, let's see how this uh, uh, our buddy uh, Simon does. Bam. Nails it. Hard, too, right? If he had missed, that's going. Yeah. And it is. I mean, it is one of those putts where, like, you just have to. Basically, if you say you're going for it, you got to go for it. Uh, hole six, uh, the commentators let us know as the hole starts that Gannon Burr, six foot. Who knows anymore? <laughs> it's four. Like he's growing all the time. No more than that for sure. Uh, left high school early this year, uh, to get, cause he had shit to do cause he had shit to do. So he, so, you know, it sounds like he, he came off G- of winning the disc golf pro tour championship last year. And he basically said, I'm so far behind in school now that I just can't play disc golf from now until December because I otherwise I'm going to fail all my classes and he just buckled down and did everything he needed to do to graduate early basically. Good job. Who's care? Who's care if you're not finished full full indoctrination camp? Who's care? No one. No one care. Who's care? Glad to have you on the tour. Uh, twenty five ten. I'd be so proud if one of my kids was a pro frisbee golfer. Be sick. Uh, twenty five ten. Uh, Simon. Here we go. Uh, the commentator said this tee shot is a trick shot. Yeah, this shot is insane. And they actually changed this hole two days before the tournament <clears throat> because it was even harder. Um, but you you have to understand, 316 feet, these players can throw it that far with their putter, their slowest disc. But nobody basically is able to get this shot to the basket because of how far left it goes. And the change that they made is that they cut some branches to open up that high shot. And so they're trying to throw a massive high spike hyzer that moves all the way left and gets all the way past these trees towards the basket. And Simon's one of the best trick shot players in the world, and he's 80 feet away. Uh, I used to have a uh, 32-foot double slide-out motorhome. And in the basement, I would travel with one of those pole saws, not motorized, but it's basically a, a eight foot pole that could stretch out into like a 16 foot pole. And it's got a saw on the end and you have to pull that fucking thing out every once in a while. Cause you're driving down some neighborhood street somewhere and you got to saw off a tree branch somewhere. Sometimes you gotta do some fucked up shit to people's trees to get your car down stuff that people wouldn't like. And, uh, anyway, 
Um, I, I wonder, I, I wonder what saws they use. There needs to be a partnership. Uh, Patrick Clark, get on that. Let's get a partnership between the Frisbee golf tour and like, um, uh, still pole saws, you know, still the chainsaw company. Husqvarna. Husqvarna. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get a partnership because that's going to be kind of cool to show that people would love to see some B roll. The guys out there with some fancy high end Husqvarna pole saws, motorized cutting down. You think the branches. Patrick Clark's the guy to arrange that? Dude, Patrick does everything. I was fucking texting with Patrick the other day while we were watching the UFC fight. He's like, oh, yeah, I was talking to Tyrone Woodley. I was like, you were talking to who? For those of you, I mean, he's like, wow. Yeah, he knows. He knows people. He's the guy. Uh, 1639. Oh, uh, where are we? No. Uh, Gannon was, uh, just. Patrick was front row at WrestleMania two nights ago. No shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, I asked Gannon Burr um, to come on the show. That would be amazing. I'm just trying to show off. I DM'd him like he's going to see it. Uh, Actually, sim- if we wanted Gannon Burr on the show, we could get him on, I think. Really? Yeah. We we do want him. Not if. we not if. It's not like I'm not like, uh-huh. He said yes, and then I'm going to go, uh-huh. No, you can't come on. We do want him. Dear Gannon. Uh, okay. Uh, hole six. Gannon just finished high school. Commentator tells us uh, we just saw Simon do the T trick shot. That's how difficult it is. Brian explained that. 26-15. Simon. Um, uh, 26-15 um, let's watch this this is Simon going for a putt this is just crazy right here what <laughs> Yeah, he missed uh, you guys need to watch this again is this this guy's a pro at what he does what was he thinking about he's not even close unless he was going for a trick shot if it would have bounced off that tree into the basket does he get that yeah well, that I hope that's what he was doing because that would have been. Like, I think it would have been like a shooting a three pointer in the NBA and not calling bank shot, and it goes in. It's like you still get the points, but come on, bro. Yeah, you know you didn't mean to do that. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, that was uh, that was sloppy. Uh, that's not a good sign uh, for Simon when you see that. Uh, hole seven. Uh, Cole from last week is killing it. Um, he's the eighteen-year-old Cole Redlin. Yeah, Cole Radalin, also on my fantasy team. Radalin, no shit. Yeah. Uh, 28, uh, uh, 50, uh, Macbeth is uh, on the tee. Uh, Brian, let us know uh, what you think of Macbeth's drive here on hole seven. I mean, this this course demands that you have a good forehand and a good backhand. We just came off that hole six where you have to throw that spike hyzer with the right-handed backhand. This one you probably it favors a good forehand. Macbeth is one of the best two-way players in the history of the sport. Throws a really controlled skipping um, forehand there that ends up inside the bullseye, which is that small red circle. And Caleb, hit play again, Caleb. Now watch, it should just go straight to a slow-mo. See how it says that in the notes? Anyway, if you ever want to use that, while well, well, Brian's jabbering about the details, the deets. Oh, look, and they even got in the slow-mo, they even got a little... Trajectory called a follow flight and tracer that they use. They will choose a couple shots every round to do it. And once in a while they'll do like seven seconds, two, three or four players on the same hole, especially when it's um, players that all get really close using uh, different lines to get there, which is kind of cool. Macbeth gives that incredible uh, drive off the tee. Unfortunately for Simon, 2930, not so good. Uh, throws it into the hazard, and here he is from the hazard. So the hazard just means that you take a penalty stroke, but you still 
putt from where the disc is. Yeah, that sucks. So he's thrown one shot so far, but this is going to count as his third stroke on the hole. Bam. I hear a radio playing somewhere. That's me. Sorry. Oh, that's <clears throat> Is he listening to the ball game? No, I've got TV on for the dog. On Amory. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, stand by tomorrow for live Colin show when I talk shit about Kayla leaving the TV on for his uh, dog. A 38 um, uh, Gannon going for a birdie. Uh, as Brian said, uh, he's, he was the birdie king. How many feet is this? Uh, he's probably 25 feet away. This is basically a gimme for him. And now I think he's made how many birdies? Six out of seven to start the round. Hole eight, Gannon. Uh, what do you call it? Negative 11? How, how do they say it? How, how, how do I say it to make yeah, it like an Minus 11. 11 oh, minus. Uh, minus 11 uh, up to this point in the tournament. Uh, he's up by two, uh, meaning the next closest guy is minus nine. Um, Heidi, you know, I think, Heidi, I think spelled tickle wrong in her last comment. Um, Sevon, when is our pickleball show? <laughs> uh, hey, I saw a guy with a cart. Yeah, some of the um, some of the bags are they roll. Yeah, yeah, but but this was like yeah, this was like yeah. I don't know why I don't know why you would wear a backpack if you could have a cart. Um, some of the terrain at some of the courses is not very favorable, favorable for the carts, but in general, there are a lot of players that agree with you. Basically they, and, and some of the players, instead of holding it like the right handed, they won't put it on the right shoulder. They'll carry it on their left shoulder just to save the right arm a little bit. And then a lot of players nowadays like Gannon don't carry a bag at all. They just have a caddy who does it for them. Uh, Kiefer, uh, Lamy, I also leave the TV on for our dogs. Oh, Don't be ashamed. Thing? Listen, listen. Two idiots isn't like doesn't make it like oh it's okay. Hey, Kiefer's no Thank, idiot. Yeah, thanks, Kiefer. We can be two idiots together. It's okay. It's okay. I also walk around in my front yard with my pants off. Oh yeah, I usually do too. <laughs> uh, uh, put a disaster series in easiest. To- oh, okay. So here we go. Uh, watch this shit. This is so. This hole eight is supposed to be the easiest hole. Th- this is a thirty. This is is this Gannon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What 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 was where was that? That was thirty three oh eight. Uh, how about thirty three oh? F- oh that shit! Was. My my time code must be all messed up. I think this one is a little messed up. Speaking of idiots, uh, how about uh, basically Vino Macbeth. I don't know if, if Caleb's going to be able to show you because the time codes are all fucked up. Vanyo, Macbeth, Simon, and Gannon all choked on their putts. Here we go. Is this Vanyo? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Hits Off the, the band. No good. This is a bad miss by Gannon, but this is what I was talking about. Like when you when you're this aggressive with the putt and you miss, it's, it, then you have a hard putt, but the more a difficult putt coming back. And there's Macbeth. Oh, good job, Caleb. You saved That's it. That's a bad miss by Macbeth right there. He'll be really, I think he'd be really disappointed in that one, especially that he left it low. 
uh, after this whole, um, this, so, so no one was able to the interesting thing about this. You're going to see this a couple times on this, um, at this tournament, it's an opportunity for Vigno or Macbeth or Simon or Gannon to take advantage because everyone did poorly, but no one took advantage and they all shit the bed. And it's supposed to be the easiest hole on the course, which is uh, also quite interesting. Uh, Gannon at this that point, day, for example, that yeah. day out of 112 players, there were seven bogeys and Gannon was one of them. So that's uh, terrible. Aren't there normally? Oh, on that hole, you mean? On that hole, out of 112 players who played it that day, oh, okay. only set 105 made birdie or par, and seven made bogey. No one made worse than bogey. And so Gannon had the worst score along with six other guys. That yeah, that's that crazy. That that's crazy. But it won't matter because he's got so many fucking birdies. Anyway, Gannon is fourth overall at this point. Uh, and, and we're basically uh, he's on the lead card, and this is basically halfway through the tournament. Uh, Eighteen plus another eight. A uh, hole nine, the last hole on the front nine of the second round. Yeah, thirty-five. A, Go ahead. This is a, this is a good example of um, like when you see them throw this shot halfway down the fairway. We can show the show this shot, Caleb. There's a tree that has a mandatory on it, and it's forcing the players to play to the left of the tree. That that tree right in the middle. So you have to get the disc moving to the right because the basket's way over there. If there wasn't a mandatory, everyone would go to the right and throw a big hyzer towards it. It's 460 feet, and there's a low ceiling, and they're forcing a specific direction for this shot. So this is very, very demanding. When the, And the players have not played this course before. When they played it in the practice rounds, because there's um, some players that will put up practice round footage prior to the tournament on their YouTube channels, the players weren't sure how to... <laughs> weren't sure how to navigate this hole. A lot of them were trying to throw a roller, so they're going to throw it so it flips over and rolls past the tree and works its way to the right. And by the time the tournament came around, almost no one was throwing a roller, and most of the players had figured out what to do. And it's actually a really good correlate or example that can relate to the quarterfinals since Barry's back, and that's all he's interested in, is that if you give the players a week notice, they're all going to be able to do crossovers just fine. But if you make them play it on the first day without ever having tried it before, you're going to get a shit show. Oh, well said. It's funny that you call him Barry. I call him Mr. I call him. I always use his first name. Barry McCockiner. You use his full name. I use his first name. Yeah, that's that's correct. Uh, hole nine, thirty five oh five. Macbeth hits the tree again. I'm a little surprised at. Um, how much tree hitting this guy's doing today? Uh, twenty six twenty, Simon, with the long putt. Hole nine, at the Harry Pinnock <laughs> golf course. Ryan always laughs. When and I'm look pretending. at this. Look at Simon's card up to this point. One birdie, a double bogey, and all pars. I mean, this is a pretty bad start to the day for someone of his caliber. And he makes it to get back to even par for the round. Unfortunately for him, uh, Gannon Burr was already five under on the front nine. So he's still five shots back of Gannon. We've got a nice slow-mo. I want to show you guys this uh, in the art class today. The art class was to show that if you make an O and then you make the letter G and then you make the letter C and then you put a smiley face on it, uh, it looks like this. Kind of cool, right? You gonna put that on your fridge? 
Nah, it's not. I mean, eventually, maybe if I get a good one. I just saw it here. My notes from this morning show are intertwined with my uh, Frisbee golf uh, notes. Okay. Uh, Simon with an incredible putt. Uh, we saw the slow-mo. We're going to round two of the back nine. Uh, two finish guys in the top ten. Is that weird? Uh, it's not weird. <clears throat> There's another guy named Nicholas Antela who I would expect to be the other guy, but he's not. There's a young man named Jona Heinanen, who's, I mean, a very good player, but definitely less established on the on the American tour, playing in the American events than the other guys, who is having a really, really good tournament. I like to call him Yuna. You're talking about J-O-O-N-A? It might be Yuna. I'm not, I'm not no, no, sure. they pronounce it like you do. Yeah, that doesn't mean it's, that, that doesn't mean it's guaranteed to be right. Okay, uh, okay look at uh, Caleb's just starting us off. Hole 10, uh, 206. Uh, notice the cloth tee. I'd never seen one of those before. Uh, I think it's more like turf, like what you would, like a artificial um, surface on the driving range for golf. You don't think that's cashmere? No, but this is a pretty difficult shot. Everything that you see there, that that brush and trees and stuff is out of bounds. You have to throw it kind of out to the right where that person wearing red is and then have it finish back to the left. But it's 400 feet. It's a little bit uphill. It's blind, and you have to throw it to the right and get it to move left. So you have to throw more like a 450 to 480-foot shot. And then there's a golf green that's out of bounds that you have to hope that you get that you don't land on. No, they don't drug test the winners. <laughs> I don't actually know that, but I think I asked Brian last week. Okay, let's see Macbeth, the greatest in the world, do it in his mauve pants. Is that mauve? <sighs> it's a great shot. He's pretty incredible. Wow. Amazing shot. Terrible result. I mean, it could have been worse, I guess, if it went out of bounds, but that easily could have curled up two feet from the basket. Instead, it rolled to about 40 feet, and now he's got a tough putt for birdie on what he probably thought was a tap uh, 240 Gannon from the same uh, T. And it hits the green and just doesn't get a lot of action. And he's one foot from being inbounds, but now he's out of bounds and he'll have to play it from the other side of the green. Oh, no, actually, he wait. crossed in line. He crossed in bounds there, so he gets the favorable buy. So, so, so wait a second. So that went out of bounds and then back inbounds? So it lands out of bounds. Yeah, it's out of bounds, out of bounds. It rolls across the line inbounds and then ends up out of bounds. So he gets it at the last point of contact inbounds, which means oh. he gets it right there close to the basket. Now, the players can't see that. So that's why they have the spotters, the flag guys that you see in the background there, so they can mark it for the players when they get up there and say, this is the last point of inbounds. Oh, crazy. I thought it was inbounds now. Crazy. Okay. No, but if that's... that had not, if that had rolled two inches curled up two inches earlier he would have had to throw it from back where that red guy is instead he gets to throw it from way up here oh shit okay 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 i wasn't listening good okay yeah good on him good job gannon uh 318 well, really it's good on the spotters for noticing that oh the can't or the camera guy mm-hmm. always give a camera guy credit where again uh vino from from how many uh, he's probably about 30 to 40 feet away Maybe 30 feet away. Yeah. Uh, sticks it. Very confident putt. Hole 11, 420, Vino, off the tee. What do you think? What do you think, Brian? Well, the players have a, uh, you know many options here. There's no out-of-bounds on this hole, which is rare for this course. The basket's way back in that wood line. You can kind of see it through one of the gaps in the right with the flag on top of it. 
But if you miss left or right and you're by like if you're pin high left or right, it's almost impossible to make a putt. So your first objective is get past all these trees. And then your second objective is don't go into the woods. So don't throw it too far. But the basket's in the woods. So Right. This is a good line. It's just too low. Crazy low. Crazy. Basically a guaranteed par from there. And this uh, is four, a hole that the guys, the, the players will definitely want to birdie. Uh, four fifty-five, uh, Macbeth, off the tee. Let's see. Uh, so this is the same shot. Let's see if how he handles it. It's a good line, but I think the skip might be a little aggressive. Nope, he ends up getting perfect. That is perfect, right? Mm-hmm. That's about as good as you'll see on this hole. Uh, 555 Vigno. Sorry, 550. Sorry, kid. 550. Uh, Vigno, uh, uh, trying to make a statement with a monster putt. Yeah. And so this is the thing. If you miss short here, you have an open run at it. So like he has a chance to make that and he misses by less than an inch. I mean, it was an exceptional putt and I said it was almost a guaranteed par. He tries to prove me wrong. If you miss by half that distance to the left or the right, you have a, a putt that's 10 times as hard trying to navigate all the little trees. I think he hit the basket too, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, 605, yeah. Simon in the bushes. Take He just took a piss and then he... Uh, well, this is exactly what I was talking about, is that he was twice as close as vinyl, but he was out of position. So he's got a really, really tough putt here. I don't know if I can make it without a pee break. That's, that's incredible. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that had similar putts like that throughout the day that, that just would hit a tree and, you know, fall down halfway there and, and have to pick it up again. You can take a pee break if you want. Uh, no, I'm good. I don't have to go too bad yet. I, I like to hold I mean, We should bit. at least get to the final round. Yeah. Ooh. Hole 12, uh, 1020. Uh, sorry, hold on a second. Sorry. Hi. Hi. I'm, uh, I'm live on the air. Could I call you back later? I love you. Bye. Listen, I, if you call me and I answer and I'm live on there, you don't got to panic. I'm calling. It's just part of the shtick. I didn't. I could easily just push a button and not and not answer. You don't have to be like that's my sister. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. No, you're my sister. I just that, that was your sister. Yeah. Oh, you think awesome. my mistress? She's like, oh, I love you. Mm. Uh, hole twelve, uh, ten twenty, Macbeth from Fitty. From Fitty, maybe Fitty Five downhill. Hey, how come he's not a little bitch like some fucking weightlifter would be and be like, I can't have those cameramen in front of me; they're distracting me. Oh my god, off the chains, right? Well, first of all, that's the, what I was talking about earlier. Is that you know these guys have trained themselves to understand that there are often going to be things in their line of sight that they have to just block out. Um, this putt I thought was going in. And it just, I mean, he's got, obviously he's got a lot of heat on it and it just glances off the chains like that. I feel like at least one out of every three putts like this could catch the chains and either fall in the basket or a lot closer than that. And, you know, he knows how close it was. Damn. Oh, he's, you know, he's, he's kind of struggling. (laughs) He's Yashar Lengai Banabi. He didn't hook it. Fair. What a name. I hope that's your real name. Uh, Yeah. Um, but Macbeth is kind of, he's kind of, 
this is what he's been doing all year. Like he's playing really well and he's just a half inch off here and there on his putts. And so he's staying close, but he's not kind of uh, keeping up with the leaders round by round the way that, that he often does. Uh, it says mauve pants. A uh, ten thirty five Gannon Bird. Can't wait for the final round, so you don't say that word anymore. <laughs> the eighteen year old uh, uh, high school dropout. Yeah, step putt missed it. Everything, which is not what you want to do here. And I can't. And I think that goes out of bounds again for him. Gannon, you should have stayed in school, buddy. Hey, look at this. Look at that fancy footwork he uses. As a step putt, it's actually really amazing how m- much of a difference that little step putt can make. Like you, re- if if you're learning to play disc golf, you and you try to putt that with standing still, it's a lot of effort to get it to the basket. As soon as you do that little step, you have to like cut your your like effort level like almost in half. Otherwise, it's going to go way past it. So it's, it's, it's a way to mitigate your your strength. Hey, this guy developed yourself. Uh, doesn't that guy look like he uses lines on girls? Like, 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 a, like he says something like, is your dad a astronomer because he stole the stars and put them in your eyes or something like that? Like, Hashtag develop yourself. <laughs> <laughs> My fear about watching this is that at some point I'm actually going to start enjoying it. If I know, I think I crossed the, the line already. I'm fucked. Uh, Gannon, uh, going to be one of the best players ever to do the, the game, I think. Uh, shits the bed. You don't see that very often. A whole 13, 12, uh, 45. Uh, this is uh, some sort of bizarre shot off the tee. Um, let's have Brian talk to us about this. This is Simon. Yeah, so he's throwing a roller here. And this is a pretty challenging hole. It's pretty narrow. He's throwing a what? A roller. Let me. When I play frisbee with someone and they throw like that, we're like, "Oh fuck! No one throw the frisbee to that guy again." I'm done playing frisbee if they do that. Yeah, yeah, I'm done playing with you. Fuck so, off! Like, this, go play with my kids. This is what it's like playing with a four year old. This they, and they call this shot a roller. Yeah, this is an intent. He's intentionally throwing an understable disc that that flips over, lands uh-huh. on edge, rolls straight for a while, curls around to the right, and then hopefully lands near the hole. This is actually, I think, a really cool hole because um, you'll see players throw straight shots all the way up the hill at it. You'll see throwers throw the uh, forehand on a hyzer, meaning it's just on one angle the entire time. You'll see people throw a flex forehand where it goes to the left and then the right, and you'll see people throw the roller. And that's just right-handed players. The left-handed players, have this is an easier hole for them because they'll just throw the big spike hyzer on the, uh, the, the easiest shot in to throw and hopefully be up by the green. The reason why people throw the roller on this hole is because if they miss, it's going to miss to the right of the basket, which is out of bounds, but it's close enough that they can make the putt for par anyway. Hey, no chance you're getting a hole-in-one with a roller. Actually, someone has gotten a hole-in-one with a roller Shut before. the fuck up. How? Yeah, like it, it bounced and it went happened. in? Yeah, it happened at the Santa Cruz Disc Golf Course right by your house, uh, and it just bounced off a, a root in the ground and went in the basket. It's one of the most famous shots in disc golf history, actually. Wow. 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 Caleb, I'm not sure if there's footage of that shot or not. That's like meeting a straight girl at the gate. Um, every time they play that tournament, they talk about it on the same hole, but I've never seen the footage because I think it happened on a card that wasn't being filmed. Crazy. Of course. There are a couple of videos, but they're like 20 minutes long. I'm not going to sift through those. 
Hey, someone make that a short. Someone make that a short. Make that shit go viral. Brian, get that for your uh, IG. IG. 1410. Gannon. I don't know who this guy thinks he is. This putt is impossible to make. Impossible. That's risky again because there's out of bounds right over there. And this. Which (laughs) just it's almost painful to watch this. Yeah, uh, and, and let this one play out a little bit. Um, this is this is crazy. This is how confident this kid is. Because if he misses, that goes out of bounds. Now look at this thing roll, guys. Look at it roll. Look at it roll. And they talked about it right before he was putting this. They said this what? is one that you can't miss low because if it hits the cage, you have the chance to get a two hundred foot roll away, which is exactly what he ends up with. Look, go back a little bit, Caleb. And what 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 are these people doing on the fucking course? <laughs> It almost hits this girl in the yellow, or, or I don't know what if it's a girl or not anymore, but it's someone in a yellow jacket. What What is that thing doing? Get the fuck out of the way. Like, how about speed up a little bit? That dude has, or girl has to look back. Like, is that thing going to hit me? Like, if that thing would have turned, it could have hit you. Have some respect. She probably thought about kicking it to stop because she felt bad for him. All right. Well, then, I, then I'm okay with that. But now we've seen now we've seen Gannon Burr hole eight, one of the easiest holes, go from a birdie to a bogey because he putted out of bounds. Hole twelve, looking at a birdie, puts it out of bounds, takes a bogey. Hole thirteen, looking at a birdie, hits the cage, rolls away to 150 feet, takes another bogey. So he's getting some. He's playing. He's playing great basically, but he's getting some unlucky breaks that are costing him quite a bit here on some of the easier holes. Uh, hole 14, 1654. The young and powerful and very thin Gannon Burr off the tee, hole 14. This is another hole that all the players are hoping to birdie. The, the tricky part about this hole is if you're just a little bit too long, that it can catch edge on a hill and roll out of bounds almost instantly. It's also those white stakes up front. If you're too short, you're out of bounds. So you have to be pretty precise with your shot here. It's not very long, but it requires precision podcasting thank you uh i was gonna say something about gannon i got distracted by my phone 17 how unprofessional of me to have my phone here while i podcast oh here it is this is what when are you guys going to talk about crossfit listen to this so brian is very sick right now you just don't realize it because he's hiding it he, we shot him up with adderall but i'm not kidding he's very sick and today when i was talking on the phone he wanted to keep down the chatter down so he could save his energy for the show Instead of doing a CrossFit show, we're doing a golf show. Send your hate DMs to Brian Friend at CrossFit uh, on Instagram. We've chosen to use what little bit of energy Brian has to talk about disc golf. So that's fair, right, Brian? Yeah. <laughs> and we won't be talking about any CrossFit. By the way, I texted a friend of mine from the CrossFit world who used to be a professional disc golfer. Mm-hmm. He has just reached out to Chris Dickerson and Simon Lazat on our behalf to see if they can help find us some guys to get on the show. Oh, I would inter- I'd love to interview Simon. He would be a phenomenal interview, yes. Yeah, I'd love to have him on. A whole 14. And listen, I promise any of you guys that come on the show, I'll never say anything. I won't uh, make any jokes at your expense anymore. Uh, Paul, Macbeth. Uh, no, no, did we do Gannon off the tee? Yeah, we did sixteen fifty four. Uh, yeah. Fantastic shot. Uh, Seventeen ten. Macbeth. Uh, uh. <laughs> I mean, he usually knows immediately if it's in or out. 
he got lucky on this one. And like I said, his putt's been a little bit off. So, can we show see that uh, one more time? Basically, here, if you guys look closely, since I know you guys take your eyes off the chat for a minute and look, this guy thought he was going to uh, miss, and it actually goes in. Bam, Macbeth in the lipstick uh, mauve pants. Hole 14, hole 15, Vigno is uh, winning. Uh, our Finnish friend is winning the overall tournament at hole 15 in the second round. Uh, let's see how he does off the tee. I'm going to tell you, it's very frustrating to me when they do this. Too well. I don't think it, it hit a tree. Look, I think the cameraman lost it. I think it hit a tree pretty much right out the gate right there. Yeah, so he's playing the odds here. And I think if we what well, if we um watch him in round four or three throw the same shot, you'll see the other possibility of what can happen. Uh Becca, uh uh go ahead and read this, Brian, out loud, and then I will be back in uh, 45 seconds. Definitely. Um I played a lot of, played a lot of uh, golf growing up. I used to have a membership to the local uh, golf course around here, and I played probably you know 100 rounds in a summer or something like that. I was out there almost every day. Um, and then you know I still play occasionally with my friends, but uh, disc golf is, suits my lifestyle a lot better now because um, I have basically I have like one one to three hours off every afternoon. I can just go out to the course. I don't have to make a reservation. I don't have to pay any money. I already have all the discs that I need. There's no one in my way. And I can play I can play 18 holes by myself in an hour. And if I throw two discs on every shot for every hole, I can play 36 holes in that much time, get a lot of practice in, get outside, get some fresh air. It doesn't take a ton of time. doesn't cost a lot of money. So I have found it to be a nice alternative to that, especially with the schedule that I currently have. That's perfect. Very fast. Thank you. God, I love my little office. I have a little, little heater in here and all my little goodies and my sign. Uh, okay. Um, Vanyo off the tee, hits the tree. Uh, disappointing. He is in the lead. Uh, 1940. Uh, Macbeth is also going to go off the tee here. We're on the 15th hole at the Harry Pennock golf course at the Austin Open. Um, another another interesting hole because you can you can take the forehand or the backhand line. Paul chooses to go with the backhand here. I know that he goes with the or the forehand here, and I know he goes with the backhand in the final round. So uh, sometimes that decision is influenced by the wind. When you're a player that's as good as Paul, who can do both very well, and sometimes it's just a preference based on whichever one you're kind of uh, better at in general. He could have got a hole in one there, dude. That could have been an ace. Yep, just needed a little bit more power. Uh, 20, uh, 50, um, Simon for the putt. And he got a little lucky in the same way that Paul did earlier. Just, he thought he missed this high and we, oh, he did miss it. Sorry. I missed saw. Yeah. He's pretty bummed about that. But if you look at his scorecard there, he's starting to pick it up. So he's got four birdies in a row coming into this hole and he's making up for a slow start on the front nine. Uh, 2106 Macbeth, six-time world champion. There's Simon being a little bitch. No, sorry, just kidding, Simon. Uh, 2106 um, uh, Macbeth, uh, six-time world champion, going for it. 
<clears throat> that's like the kind of the at least of the ones that we've watched so far. That's the first like that's what you're used to seeing from Macbeth is that he gets a putt from 25 to 35 feet and it's confident and it's in every time. Look at this. Play this again one more time, uh, Caleb. Watch, watch uh, uh, Macbeth's. He's, he's looking down before it even goes in. I think he picks something off the ground. Yeah, that's his mini. So it's a it's a disc that's about this big. That's it's like your marker for. But it, so but it's you, like they don't even enjoy. It's like they don't even enjoy it. Like for a second. Like do, do you know what I mean? Like as soon as it hits the chains, he's like looking down, moving on. It's not like it's 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 like being. Oh, I don't know if I should use this simile. I'm not going to. I'm going to clean up this show a little bit. I just think that that, that he shouldn't. I mean, what do you say if you're a coach? Like, do you, like, hey, take a deep breath, chill, relax, enjoy it, enjoy it, enjoy it a little bit. A whole sixteen. It's like um, being in the shower. This is a little cleaner one, and turning the water off and grabbing your towel at the same time. It's like what Josh Bridges does, cleaning both your ears with Q-tips at the same time. It just seems a little rushed for something that's fun. Hey, just one one ear at a time. One ear at a time. Hole 16, 23-45. The Finn Vino off the tee. Look how he approaches the tee from the side. What is that thing called? The tee pad? Yeah, and so he's throwing. So this hole, you have two choices. <clears throat> it's to, uh, you can either go for, it's a it's a par four that's reachable for these guys at 515 feet. So you can go for the eagle. But there's a massive out-of-bounds area in front of the green. And if you land in there, then it, obviously that's not that great. Otherwise, you can throw a short shot and lay up, or you can throw a shot that misses to the right, which is what he threw here. So it's a very overstable Anheuser disc that's going to go all the way out to the right that gets him closer to the pin while still keeping him in bounds. So this is a very, very much of a risk or reward hole. And it's placement, you know, at hole 16, being close to the end of the tournament, especially when we see what, what hole 17s and 18 are which are two of the three most difficult holes on the course in terms of scoring is is kind of cool because the players basically know this is my last chance to score and i and i can play it safe and take the birdie but if i need to i can take a risk and go for the eagle you said you did you say that you that there's this is either a risk or a reward hole yeah yeah life's full of those look at this tree look at the texture on this tree right here in the foreground on the left that's pretty kind of, cool. Yeah, it's kind of incredible. Uh, Brian, a question from Wad Zombie, um, a uh, the creator of the Ben Smith uh, Legends card and the uh, Ariel Lowen um, uh, Drool card. Uh, oh, thank you, uh, Caleb, for the large for the and several other cards that come with stands. Don't show off, Brian. Um, what? And uh, but he has a question for Brian: uh, If Tiger Woods were a disc golfer. I wonder what his wife would have used to trash his car. Did did Tiger Woods' wife really beat one of his cars with a golf club? Yeah. God, that would be so fun to do that. If I had my disc golf bag next to me right now, I would show you Wad Zombie. That there is something in there you could use to uh, smash up a car? Yeah. Okay, good. That's good to know. We'll save that for the next episode. 
Uh, Vino off the tee sideways, uh, 24-15, Macbeth, Paul Macbeth. His friends call him Paul. Attempting a birdie. And just like most of the round, just slightly off. And like I said, going <laughs> Paul Macbeth and hole 17 on this course, by the way. <laughs> we'll get to it in a second. <laughs> but So he's coming up to a hole that he basically hates, and he's been open-minded about hating. And he's probably going to be pretty pissed not to take a birdie on this hole where some players are taking eagle. Uh, 24-25, as Brian just said, uh, here's Simon attempting the eagle. Is Simon the guy coming on the show? Hopefully. Bam. Nice work, Simon. I ever tell you you're my favorite Frisbee golfer? A uh, 24-40 Gannon Burr also attempting the eagle from 25 feet. 23 and a half feet. <clears throat> so it's, it's, it's definitely a hole that, uh, that the best players can get eagle on, as we see there, and that could be massive coming into the last day. Hole 17, we have the red arrows again that Brian explained to us. We call the mandos, mandatory. Uh, even if you want to throw it around them, you do have to throw where the arrow tells you to throw. A uh, 26-30, Paul Macbeth. What were you saying, uh, Brian? He, he's openly uh, not liking this hole. Okay, so in round one, this so this hole is – only 414 feet long, 436 feet long. Um, but basically you need to throw it about 200 feet straight and then have it curve to the right a little bit. And the landing zone is extremely, extremely specific. On round one, Paul threw what he thought was a perfect drive and he had no shot at the basket. And he hates that. He hates when there's holes that are designed where you should throw a per- what you know, a perfect shot and have nothing or that the landing zone is, you know, five feet in circumference or something like that. You will see when we get to the second shots, why that's, that is so difficult. So when he said in his interview after the round one, that they will, uh, he would jump putt off the tee in round two, which people are like, that's insane. You're not going to jump putt off the tee. And he does, and it doesn't work out as you're going to see. Oh, so, so this is a putter. Oh, yeah. I remember what he does here. He goes for like an 80-foot shot here instead of – he goes for a short shot here to get a better angle on a second shot. Yeah, so he's basically trying he, – he's trying to cheat the hole a little bit or, or play it in an unconventional way to give himself a shot that he feels he has a better chance to make a par with. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. Have you ever seen anyone do that in the sport, in, in golf, where they, they their, their drive off the tee is shorter than their second shot on purpose? To give them pretty, a better it's angle. It's pretty rare. It's very rare. I'm not sure if I've seen that before. Okay. So just to explain to you guys what's happening, this guy's Paul Macbeth is using his putter to pull short and get in a good spot for a second shot uh, because he doesn't approve of the tee going hard off the tee because of the poor design of this hole. Okay. Let's see. 2630 Macbeth with putter off the tee. Oh, it's, did he hit a tree? You got to watch the second shot here to see. So, yeah, he's trying to lay it up into this little clearing so that he can throw a giant shot over the top, kind of like Eagle did on hole four, take away all the small windows of the fairway that he claims is non-existent to spike it into the green. But (laughs) there's this little tiny tree over there that he hits, and that's why Simon puts his hands in his head or his head in his hands. That's going to make it almost impossible for him to do what he was planning to do. Okay, watch this one more time. 
Oh no. Okay. That that looked at, that it didn't hit a tree, right? It just it just hyzers down, just a hook. Right there. Uh, okay. Twenty six uh, fifty nine. Uh, Macbeth again. So so the guy who's farthest from the hole, um, goes goes uh, first for the second shot, and he's obviously farthest from the hole because the rest of the guys tried to get close to the tee. Yeah, and so that little tree right there is preventing him from throwing the shot that he wants. Now he said. I don't care. I'm going to try it anyway, just with a more difficult, difficult angle. Okay. 2659 Macbeth going for some crazy shot. Look at this. And, and the camera guys can't even follow it. I don't even know where it went. No. And where it does go is, is not a good result. However, out of bounds. <clears throat> if the thing that he's forced to do after this is, can result in what's the most incredible shot of the day. Uh, 27.44. We'll see more of Paul Macbeth on this hole. Stand by. 27.44. Vigno with what they call the grenade. Now, hold on. Before we hit play here, he's got his disc upside down. So either he's fucking smoking crack, or Brian's going to explain to us why his frisbee's upside down here. Now, this is a true grenade, and he's holding it between his knuckles like this, okay? Mm-hmm. And he's going to throw it so that it, it does what he wants him to do. And this is different than what uh, Eagle did earlier, where he had a normal grip and was just throwing a massive hyzer with a disc that he knew would come in like this. The grenade, I've never thrown one. I probably never will throw one. It's pretty, you know, there's not a lot of players on tour that, that they can all throw them, but they usually don't throw them. And again, he's, you know, he's trying to avoid what's, he threw a decent drive, but he has almost nothing to the pin. So he's trying something creative. Uh, Ken Walters, uh, the percentage of watchers uh, to, to likes all-time high on betting. Yeah, that is probably true. That is, Thank you for being so optimistic. God, that is such a horrible – don't ever grab a Frisbee like that. Don't. No one, in their, no one grabs a Frisbee like that. That's idiocy. Not upside down or between your knuckles like that. Whoever invented that, there's got to be a better way to do that. That's dumb. And he throws it into the bushes. <clears throat> Yeah, but he'll actually take that because all they're hoping for here is a par. Like a birdie is a miracle on this hole. God, this hole has all the weirdest shots in the world. Wait till you see what Gannon does here. 28-10. Another just, just this bizarro world with this one. Look at this. Look at this. And Nobody. This not Paul, like that. This not like Paul this. Like this. Hole. Not like this. Like this, Gannon. You can't throw it like that. This is why Paul hates the hole because these guys threw to the supposedly uh, landing zone and they got nothing. So he's trying to throw a forehand roller and hope that he misses all the trees and gets close. Okay. Good luck with that. Here we go. Not bad. Crazy. He's up there. He'll take it. Uh, 2830, Macbeth. I For my notes here, I have Paul Macbeth, WTF. What the fuck? Look at this. This is crazy right here. Where is he? Is he even playing the same <clears throat> hole as these guys? So... The players really have no idea what happened um, to his disc. So the spotters are telling him this was the last point of entry. You have to throw. You have to be standing in bounds when you throw. So you can have both feet in bounds or one foot in bounds and have a foot elevated out of bounds. There's nothing here. So he's throwing a shot here. And and the live commentators, the people on the commentary that you watched, it's, I mean, it's insane. This is ridiculous. There's nothing here at all. And, and he's, but he's going to try. Here we go. Paul McBeth, greatest greatest Frisbee golfer alive today. Six-time world champion. 
It looks like he's trying to throw to get something out of a tree. Yeah. And I mean, I, I still can't fathom this shot. They showed a drone shot of it, but you can't see the disc. And I don't know what kind of angle he's putting on to get this result, but he's he's inside the circle. He's inside 30 feet after that. Now it's he's putting for bogey now because he's had an out-of-bounds shot, but <laughs> that's ridiculous. They cho- they cho- At the end of the live coverage, every day they choose one shot as the shot of the day, and they chose this one. Yeah, crazy. Well, that's why he's the best. Uh, 28, no one's going to tell him what to do. 28-49, Simon <clears throat> for the putt, insane insane god that looks far yeah so he's going for a birdie here no one birdies this hole so this would be like after giving away a lot on the front nine he just made an eagle on 16 this would be massive for him to kind of steal one or two strokes against most of his competitors and he comes up just short and he'll be he won't be so frustrated that he missed that as much as i think he'll be frustrated that he was short uh rb in all seriousness in all seriousness guys how in the fucking world does Brian know all of this random stuff? Well, because it's not random. Rework your question, please. Uh, 29.05 Vigno for the putt. Deep. It's deep, boys. And that's for par, and so he's going to take a bogey. So Macbeth's taking bogey. Makala's taking bogey. And uh, that's why it would have been so massive for Simon if he could have stolen two strokes there. Hole 18. Uh, 800 feet, not the longest hole on the course, uh, but fuck, it's long. Hey, what, what's even crazier is that he knows this stuff is this show runs so smooth. I don't care what anyone says. And we do no rehearsal. He has, Brian has no, Brian doesn't have my notes. He doesn't know what I'm going to ask. He knows nothing. I told you guys that last week. That's it's true nuts. from pretty much every CrossFit show too. Yeah, that is true too. I just it has been can... since 2018. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Also. This is the hardest hole on the course, statistically speaking, even though that last one seemed impossible because there's um, there's basically inbounds, out-of-bounds, inbounds, out-of-bounds, and then a very narrow corridor to a very tight green with out-of-bounds left, right, and long. So again, a massive opportunity for scoring separation here and a very difficult hole to intentionally play for par. Like Even if you want to try to lay up, you're still going to have a tough upshot. Gannon's in the perfect spot here, and he's going to try to throw an aggressive shot at the green. Brandon, uh, Brandon, Brian, you're telling me that there's inbounds that there, um, that between the T and the hole, that there's spots that are out of bounds, mm-hmm. that it's not all connected one strip of land. Not on this one. Yeah, I don't like that. That seems uh, too contrived to me. <clears throat> so the reason is there's like there's a, a area that's basically unplayable. It's just thick brush and overgrowth. Yeah, so well, you let... have to throw over that. And then there's that golf green, which all the golf greens play as out of bounds. It's in the middle of the landing zone. So you have to land short, right, or left of the golf green. You can't really throw it past it. So that's the next out of bounds. So it's to help them because if it goes in there, it might take you 15 shots to get out into uh, the bushes. I mean, um, ground like that is is out of bounds almost everywhere you play, and the golf greens are always out of bounds. So they didn't. Speci- there are courses. There's one course in particular where they have a hole that they designed to be really strange like that. But this is not one of them. This is kind of like just a natural lay of the land, and the the OBs are very normal on this hole. And when Brian tells you, we'll, we'll test Brian here. Uh, when Brian tells you that this is the hardest uh, golf, uh, the har- hardest hole on the course, it is a par four. Brian, do you know what the average for this uh, hole is uh, by the golfers? It's a par four. Do you know what the average is? Uh, no. 
4.2. Oh, for the, on, on that day, it was 4.2? Jeez. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to say you knew that. 4.2. I don't know if it was that day. I just heard the commentator say that. 4.95. Good good guess, Lee. Uh, Lee uh, Pinkman in the house, a professional golfer, frisbee golfer. Good to have you in here, buddy. Very good to see you. Uh, uh, not in the top 10 yet, but Lee is uh, a good player. Uh, Gannon, out of bounds. Oh, sorry. I don't mean to ruin that part. Uh, 3220, Gannon, going big. Damn, I didn't want I I've been trying to not uh, let slip what happens to the throws before you guys get to see them. So a decent throw, but he overturned it, out of bounds. But he's by the green, so he has a chance to putt to save par. Uh, 3335 Macbeth. So here we go. And Macbeth has an amazing uh, opportunity here since he knows Gannon's sort of out of bounds uh, to uh, pick up a, a shot on Gannon, who's leading him. 3335. <clears throat> yep. He throws a really good second shot. He's in, you know, well within the range of the putt we'd expect him to make. He makes it. So he bounces back from the bogey on 17, takes a birdie on 18. And a- after Gannon got off to that super hot start of being six down through seven holes, one, two, three, four, six down, th- one, two, three, four, five, five down through six holes, he finishes at seven under, same as Macbeth for the round. So they're still tied going into the final round. But neither of them will make the lead card because there were a lot of players that shot really, really well on this day. Uh, one of my top 10 favorite um, uh Chat participants, uh, Katie Gannon. Morning, Chalk Up. Good to have you, Katie. Uh, uh, Gannon out of bounds. Uh, Macbeth with the putt. Uh, and the commentators let us know that this is the tightest event ever with 50 players in contention for the lead as we wrap up uh, the round two and we begin our final round. I sent you six videos. We just spent 90 minutes on two of them. I know. We're fucked. You should see how many pages of notes I have. Okay, we'll try to go fast. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're at the Harvey Pennick uh, golf course. Oh, you remember it, in this last round that I, I only told you that there were two players on each card that we needed to focus on, right? I know, but I'm, I'm a fan. Okay. I'm a fan. I'm the kind of guy who thought there were uh, 100 girls who were the hottest girls in my school. It's just I don't, I don't know what that has to do with what you just said, but. So every girl in your class. Yeah, every girl in my class. Every girl who talked to me. Any girl who smiled at me. She knew my name. Again, and Macbeth on the chase card. So the two best best players, uh, arguably, uh, out there. I mean, of course, there's Eagle McMahon also, which Brian has told us. But but two amazing players are on the chase card. I think what's happening to this sport, basically, is what we're seeing is that the chase card is just as good as the main card. That this that these that these events are tight, and that basically if you if you want to be uh, Brian, have they thought about putting all eight dudes on one card, or would that just be insane? Uh, no, I don't think so. But uh, sorry, um, uh, make make new CEO shorts, but make the O a disc shorts shirts shorts. I want a CEO frisbee now. I want uh, we can make custom custom discs and i really would like to do that actually and i and and we can have it done we can do ceo i want to put the logo that's that uh that sherpa works made for my shirt on there well i just felt a little woozy like that lady who passed out 
What? Just don't break your glasses into four pieces. Yeah, do you see these? I've never worn these on the show before. This is like some sort of bone from some animal. I forget what animal, but it's right. a bone. If Avi loses his next, next jujitsu match, wear a more uh, fragile pair oh, or right, less right. fragile pair. How come? What do you mean? In case you feel like snapping them in half. Oh, like that lady. <laughs> these are way too expensive. I could pay for his college with these. Um, okay. Uh, hole one at 330 Gannon. Off of a T. <clears throat> Brace yourself, people. This you don't get is... to see it, but it's straight into the trees. And this hole is incredibly hard. I think that there oh, were a please, total... please. Look at it. It's wide open. No, no. It's not that. It's 460 feet. It's a way to the right. I get only, it. I'm pretty sure that there were a hyzer, a backhanded hyzer, backhanded hyzer around that tree. Backhanded and hyzer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh oh, Brian froze. Oh, there there's is. four, there's only four birdies on the entire day on this, on this hole. So most of the players were just happy to take a par here and, and move on. Gannon went for the aggressive shot and he will have to scramble because of. Uh, I want you to know that Yuna. Yona uh, went out of bounds off the uh, tee. And uh, uh, here is the first time we're going to see a player named Mason Marchbanks. And I can't figure out if he's good or not. Um, but, he's but- incredibly unknown. He is a brand new player, basically. And this is by far the best he's ever uh, done in any tournament. So it's pretty actually, and he's from Texas. So it's actually pretty cool that he's made it to the chase card with the best young player and the best player of all time. Um, so this is probably a really, really special day for him. 558, Paul Macbeth on hole one going for a boss. You want to know something else about Mason Marchbanks? Uh, what? There's a f- uh, famous, the only, well, I don't want to say the only, but the only one, the only famous black disc golfer that I know is named Philo Brathwaite. He does a commentary for Disc Golf Network sometimes, and he was commentating for this. And Mason Marchbanks actually hired him to, to help uh, as a coach this past off season and here he is showing up doing well in a tournament so kind of cool oh that is cool yeah i haven't seen a, i haven't seen one uh i haven't seen i've seen very little diversity in this sport we got the fins we're the most diverse thing about this sport this youtube station <laughs> trying to fucking More cover this shit just talking about uh um so uh that was public beth from god knows 70 80 feet uh, yeah. didn't make it. It may that may have went out of bounds. I'm not sure. Six twenty eight, uh, Gannon, going for par. Gannon Burr. Yeah. So he's try. He threw his recovery shot to here, and he ooh barely squeaks in the par safe. But long putt to start the round. Step putt. L- look how far back they got the crowd. Yeah. So now on the last day, you'll see that they. This is what usually they have. It's usually either a blue or red tape, and they have guys that'll move the tape to say you guys. You got the crowd has to stay at least this far away. A uh, hole two, uh, ten thirty four. Gannon Burr goes for a birdie. I want to remember from yesterday that hole two is a is a hole that the players are hoping to make birdie on. His upshot was not as good as he would have expected or liked here. So this is another long putt to start his round. You know what's cool about golf is they have that word hole. We don't have that in CrossFit. We have like snatch and jerk, but they got hole. <clears throat> kind of cool. Ten thirty four. Gannon Burr. Or the birdie from 40, 50 sinks it. 
Yep. So two two step putts from outside circle one for Gannon to start his round. Great way to start the day. Uh, Eleven eighteen. Yona with the putt. Uh, like I said, this is the chase card, meaning these are the four players who are in uh, fourth, fifth, sixth, and uh, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. Fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. I don't know what Yona's doing. Hey, buddy, we're watching. Oh, we missed the shot. Okay, anyway. He made the putt, rebounded after a bogey on one with a birdie on two, so he's even par through two holes, which the, the players would prefer to be one under, but he'll take it. Here he goes. Caleb, getting it in order. Good job, Caleb. Never mind. Uh, hole three, 1320, Gannon Burr. 1320, hole three. Going for Third the putt. Hole. Third long putt that he's got to make here, and he's looking at that kind of uh, runaway after the basket. But three for three on putts from outside circle one to start your round is not. That's not really the place you want to be putting yourself in. But it's also sending a message to your card mates that, like, hey guys, if you wanna, if you wanna win this thing, you're gonna have to keep up because I'm locked in. And if he didn't miss that, that could have been bad. Could have been bad. It was the most risky of the three putts so far. Here we go. The slow mo from the perspective of the basket. Bam. Damn, homeboy is thin. A fourteen oh two, hole three. Mason Marchbanks, the unknown from Texas, going for a long putt. He needs it. He needs it. Brian, why is he holding another disc in his hand when he throws that? Incredible shot, by the way. We've talked about that before because, you know, a lot of times when the players practice, they'll putt multiple putters. Yeah. So they're usually holding a putter or another disc in their left hand when they throw their first putt, which is the only one that counts in the tournament. So a lot of them, since they're so used to doing that on their first putt, they'll do that in the tournaments also because it's just more comfortable or natural. How you practice, how you train is how you compete. Mm -hmm. uh, 14, how you practice is how you play is, is what you're looking for. Uh, uh, for thank you. 1430, uh, Yona. That's what the private chat's for. Correct me in the private chat, please. 1430, Yona for the putt. We, we, we learned some vernacular here. We're going to learn some golf vernacular. See if Brian can incorporate it into his analysis, what I'm talking about. Yona with the putt. That's brutal. That's a spit out and a roll away. And not as bad as some of the other ones we've seen, but, uh, you know, he probably thought it was in. And then to have it fall on the ground there and then roll 25 feet away is is a pretty, not the best feeling. Uh, can you play the audio on this? There's a word that's used. I would like to see what Brian thinks. Brian said it was spit out. Please listen to what the commentators here say. Thank you. Action. Ensuring that you're even or a couple strokes below making the turn. Oh boy. Splash out left side from Yuna and a little splash. Splash. Much more common to hear spit out than splash out, but okay. These guys, these, I, I heard the term splash, but I don't even, I don't see how splash even works. Fifteen twenty-five. Paul Macbeth. Oh, <laughs> I want to watch this. No, oh no. From the length of a king-size bed, away from the hole. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. 
Dude, are you kidding me? Now listen, listen, listen. Now, now he he went from being eight feet away to fucking thirty feet away. People more than that. Downhill after that miss, fifteen forty. Paul goes for a fucking second putt. Greatest player. This is real time. ever to do the game. <clears throat> he takes almost no time over this putt, and he's done this before, and he usually makes the second one. Not today. That's and that's pretty bad. Those are two strokes right there. That I mean, it's pretty. This is early in the round. This is a really, really tight tournament coming in here. And um, he, like I said, he played with Gannon yesterday. They shot the same. They shot the same in round one. They shot the same in round two. Gannon's now gone three three long putts in a row to start the round. Sending, like I said, sending a message to his card. Paul's matched him on the first two holes. He should have matched him on this hole. But instead, he misses an inexcusable short putt miss, and then he misses the follow-up putt. Didn't take his time on it, and he's two strokes behind Gannon right now. Recovering from that is very difficult. I don't care how good you are. Uh, tw- twenty hole four, twenty-one twenty-five. Gannon. This is the, 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 all the holes should be this fast. This hole's fast. Here we go. Hole four. Gannon for the putt. Another long putt on hole four. Another birdie, and Gannon's off to the races. Hey, that's like a basketball the way that goes in. That's not even like a frisbee. He just throw it, it drops in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm guessing that he was, uh, even though it's in the woods there a little bit, he was probably having a little bit of a tailwind. So he knew that the putt was going to fall down a little bit. Uh, Katie Gannon calls Paul McBeth shot inexcusable. Uh, I don't think she's being too harsh. Uh, they said, uh, they say Gannon here has a turkey. What's that mean? Three birdies in a row. Turkey. Don't they have a turkey in bowling too? Three strikes in a row? Yeah. Uh, Jethro Cardone coming down hard on the champ Paul McBeth. You blew it, he says. Fans are getting crazy. Hole five, Gannon off the tee. Let's skip Gannon off the tee. Fuck that. We don't have time for that. Uh, McBeth off the – nope. No. Let's go straight to the putts. 24-37. Yuna. The Finn. Frisbee golf's Miko Salo with the putt. Not today, buddy. Twenty-four fifty-two. Macbeth with the putt. Trying to take advantage of Eunice shit in the bed. God, that's a high basket. Well, and if you look at the scores here, <clears throat> he's probably not worried too much about Yuna or, or Mason at this point. Inexperienced players. Already they're two and three strokes behind him. He's got his eyes set on Gannon. Gannon's a little bit closer to the basket than him, and he's assuming that Gannon's gonna make this putt. So once again, a putt you would never expect Paul to miss, and he leaves it short, which is not the miss you want to have. So Gannon, a true champ, is going to take advantage and put it in the basket. 25-06, Gannon for the putt, hole five. Nope. And that's just what I was – I remember watching this, and I'm like, what is going on? Like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was on the assault bike. I was like, maybe I should pedal backwards. Maybe this is an omen. And I was like, okay, maybe there's a wind here. There's no wind to be to to speak of. It was just uh, tentative putts by both of them. Maybe the elevated basket, but I would say they make those at least nine out of ten times on a normal day. Uh, you know what? Um, one of the commentators even said, and this is just fucking full fucking sports psychology geek talk. But um, but I kind of bought it. Uh, they said. Um, power of suggestion 
You see the other guys miss, so you missed. Yasher's like, rest in peace, motherfuckers. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh-oh, hold on. Incoming text from my wife. Oh, shit. We have eucalyptus trees all over California. Huge ones. Huge, huge. Two Gs huge. And actually, there's and, and there's shallow roots. And it looks like uh, my neighbor up the street, a uh, eucalyptus tree fell on her bridge. And they can't leave their house. I'll be up there with my pole saw when I'm done with this. Your electric pole saw? Yeah, doing, doing some man shit. A fucking eucalyptus tree is probably like 200 around, feet. Make sure you walk around the house a half dozen times before so your wife sees. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I pole saw. I'm going to drive my 4 by 4 up there and just get my winch out and pull that tree off the off the bridge. Uh, which I plug it first. Cra- crazy. Um, get photos. Okay, our short break is over. Our intermission. Uh, that was Stormwatch California 2023. Back to the Harry Pennock, the Austin Open, hole number six. Uh, uh, hole number six. Uh, uh, I wasn't going to show you any more tee shots to speed it up, but let's look. 2654, Macbeth off the tee for the ace. 2654, hole six. Well, and you say for the ace, and this is that shot that we were talking about in round one that like nobody is getting this shot to the pin. You can't get it back there. He gets a little tree love, and this is the closest I've seen anyone get. And we already saw on hole 17 in round two that he's throwing these shots that are kind of unfathomable, even for people who, you know, who watch this and cover this sport professionally. And this is the best shot that I saw any player throw on this hole the entire tournament. Dude, that guy almost fucking put it in the basket. Yeah. Uh, 26, uh, 28, uh, 15 Gannon relentless going for ridiculous putts like this. Uh, if he makes this, this is the kind of shit that Macbeth, uh, Macbeth, uh, gives Macbeth nightmares. Huge putt for Gannon. He misses it, but he barely misses it. Considering how far away he was, that was a great putt. And he seems calm. Look at him. I like that's the assessment I'm talking about. He's just, just like taken in the moment. Twenty eight forty. There's or- a um, there's another company. They're called GK Pro, and they do a uh, a skins match every week prior to the tournament. Like shirtless guys. <laughs> no, where there's money money available on every hole. You have to be invited to play in it. Sometimes they play the course that will be coming up. Sometimes they play like a specialty course in the area that someone's invited <laughs> up to. Sometimes private courses, whatever. But Gannon was on the skins match prior to this tournament. And I watched it. It premiered today. And I watched it earlier today since I was doing nothing. And um, and he t- was talking about being nervous and how he's like, he just doesn't get nervous anymore in front of cameras or long putts. And that uh, he kind of actually regrets that. Like he likes the feeling of nerves sometimes, and now he just feels comfortable out there. Why do they call it a skins game? You know that that's what that means. Skins is when you when you go shirtless. Skins, like uh, it's a common thing. You play for money on every hole. I know, but skins is like, hey, me and you are going to play flag football. Shirts My team's skins. yeah, shirts and skins or soccer shirts and skins. <clears throat> I mean. You could, uh, you know, you can make a more provocative skins match, I guess. Everyone require oh. everyone to play shirtless. Heidi would probably show up. There you go. 
We have new fans. 2840. 2840. Uh, Yuna with a huge putt. <laughs> Not today. It's weird when I see these guys. That got his little circle. Um, uh, it, it's weird because, uh, you know, they have these opportunities. 2905 Mason is Mason Marchbanks going to take advantage of these epic pro shit in the bed on hole number six, the Harry Pennant golf course. Suge Knight in a yellow shirt down at the end of that alleyway. Bam. Nope. I don't know if I approve of uh, Marchbanks' apparel. Does he have a shirt tucked in? Uh, 29.44, if you could turn this audio up, this is the kind of shit that makes me realize this sport is still ghetto as fuck like CrossFit. Now listen to this fucking <laughs> shit right here he's about to say. So you might have to, this might take a couple times, you might have to do two seven-second runs at this, Caleb, because I don't know if it gets out right away. But this is, uh, uh, I'm loving Gannon Burr, but this is some ghetto shit. Like, this is like, you don't say this shit out loud. Via chase card coverage for the final round here at the Open at Austin. Uh, I want to thank my sponsors, uh, Prodigy, Titan Disc Golf. Huge shout out to my caddy, Matt Schleybach. A lot of people know him now. Uh, he caddied for me first two rounds. And up until hole 16, he had to catch a flight. Uh, and a shout out to Gavin. Your caddy had to catch a flight at hole 16? <laughs> I mean, do you guys get that? Sorry, dude. Can't gotta catch a flight. Yeah, your caddy had to catch a flight, motherfucker. That's like me taking calls from my sister on my podcast. The fuck is wrong with you? That's why you got people like us covering your shit. I love you, Gannon. I'm just busting. Titan disc golf. Huge shout out to my caddy, Matt Schleybach. A lot of people know him now. Uh, He caddied for me first two rounds. And up until hole 16, he had to catch a flight. Uh, no. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Fucking love. And he's so cool. Hey, that's what makes a great player. He don't give a shit. He's controlling what he can control. What a stud. Still ghetto as fuck, but I love it. A whole seven. Uh, you guys want to watch Gannon off the tee? Let's skip it. We got so much Gannon coming up. Uh, 32-15, Mason off the tee. Finally, Mason looks like a pro. These first six holes, God damn, he didn't look like a pro. Now here he is. Off the tee, Mason Marchbanks. Paul McBeth staring at his ass. Here we go. Nice shot. Good follow through. Good ground play. Parks it. Phenomenal. Yeah, it's as good as it gets, right? Unless it goes in. Uh... Yuna, uh, 3255, uh, you see that hazard there in the foreground. We're going to pick up with Yuna. Oh, that's far. Uh, Yuna with the putt from the hazard. Pull up Lee Pinkham's uh, comment here. That is an incredible shot. Uh, who would you be? Uh, who would be the Colton Mertens of disc golf? Huh. A guy named Mason Ford. He actually finished tied for six in this tournament. He's also on my fantasy team. <laughs> Mason he's, Ford? He's from Texas. He's 25 years old. He's very short. He's very good. Extremely smooth thrower of the disc. It's actually incredible to watch him play. It does not look like he's throwing it hard, and it goes pretty damn far. And he's pretty and he's like pretty short. So that's a good oh, hold, hold, You know what this, what's going to be so funny about this show? This show is going to be the show that somehow makes me my next million dollars. But it's going to be someone who offers like me and you something to cover something else, like like <laughs> like professional cockfighting in South America or something. Yeah, we saw what you guys did with that frisbee golf show. It's incredible. 
3405 Gannon Burr, the 18 year old for the putt. Just outside the hazard. Man, he got lucky. Take your time, Gannon. It's funny that you say that, actually. Last year, he took a lot of heat because he took so much time over his putts and his drives and his upshots and everything. And he made a commitment in the offseason to becoming a faster player. And on, I would say 90% of his shots he has, but there are still moments where he definitely backs off that a little bit and takes his time. And, you know, obviously he wants to get a birdie on this hole. So. Hole 8, 36-20. Yuna, the Finn, Heinemann for the monster putt. He needs it. He needs it. He's five shots behind Gannon Burr. Yeah, that's a bummer there. The gods hate him. Off the chains. Splash up. Splash. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Uh, Brian using the our new uh, vocabulary. A whole nine. 39-33. Uh, Gannon Burr. For the monster putt, how many feet? How many feet, Brian? This is like uh, probably close to seventy feet. Crazy, beautiful course there. Beautiful shot. That that is the players were critical of this course overall, but they did say that the property was was beautiful. Uh, doesn't even hit the basket. Uh, Thirty nine fifty. A uh, Yuna also uh, for the monster putt. Yona Yuna. No, sorry, this That's is. Marchbanks. Yep. Marchbanks also for the monster putt. Just wow. Go short. go back to that again. Look what his neck does. <laughs> what his neck does here. What the fuck's he looking for a minute? <laughs> he looks straight up. That. Wow. Great stop, Caleb. Let me tell you something. That is not proper form. I'm no fucking expert, but I'm telling you, that is not proper form. Philo, you're going to need to work with him on that. Audrey, where are the females? In my bedroom. Where the fuck you think they are? Spencer Davis, 927, starting a fund for Beaver to get a pair of blue light blocking glasses. We need those eyes to stay strong, bro. Those things actually work? Blue light no. blocking glasses? No. no. They work as good as the injection. They actually make your eyes worse. They make them weak. Okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. These are supposed to be these these kind of glasses. Oh. I, I don't think they do anything. Well, Brian is sick. Look, he's totally off script. That's my job. Look at look at him. Look at just enjoy this, people. This doesn't happen very often. He's off script. The, I thought they're supposed to look like blue or yellow or something. I probably got got duped on a sale. I'm gonna have to pee again, I think. Um, <clears throat> seven i mean we're, we're we're like halfway done here i know i'm seeing some i'm seeing some good crossfit stuff come in in that thread no 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 different thread okay good intel uh i'll tell you after the show uh, okay. Uh, we read the, the money. Oh, Spencer, thank you for the money. I always like the money. I always like the money. I'm not sure I understand your, uh, profile pic, but I think it's from a video. Game. He drew it during the art class this morning. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> uh, 
Camille LeBlanc Bazinet. Howdy, howdy ho, partners. An erection, an erection, an erection. An erection. SEMA, oh, thank God. Yes, we are here. Uh, Final front nine of the main card. Here we go, people. We're on the home stretch. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Hi, you're live on the air. How can I help you? Oh, I wasn't sure if you were finished or not. Okay. Okay, I'll see you at home. Okay. Hey, are you sorry for interrupting the show? Should I be? No. Just wondering if you are. No. Okay, I love you. Love you, bye. Bye. One sister, one wife. It's got so many ladies in my life. Uh, whole whole one. Uh, Cole Redolin from last week, the eighteen-year-old. Uh, last week, Brian told us he was sixteen. So just for um, just to kind of set this up here, yeah, I told you in round two that a lot of players shot really good scores, and on this lead card, as you see at the top, there's Calvin Heimberg. He shot eight under in the second round. <coughs> there's uh, Eagle McMahon. He shot nine under in the second round. There's Vinyl Makala. He shot eight under in the second round. He's the only guy who was on the lead card in round two that stayed on the lead card for round three. And there's Colred Allen, who shot 12 under, the current course record, on the second round, three shots better than the field, to be um, the leader coming into this one. Heimberg, a uh, star from last week. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Jordy Gramillion, uh, currently sitting in 66th place in some fucking region that I can't remember. Uh, I, I, do we know? Did he make it, Brian? Have, have they adjusted scores to where he's made it? He needs to get his facts straight. Savvy's told him that uh, he loved her first. Yeah, I, but don't, let's not. He's he's famous. Let's let's. Well, he might be famous. Let's not hate on him until we find out whether did he make semifinals. Um, TBD, there's still seven days until the uh, review process is finalized. And I spent a lot of time today learning about that review process. And, oh shit. Uh, he got, it got worse. He's in 68 now. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. But the, the, you know, that's, that's a good, uh, example. Like things are changing regularly on the leaderboard and, um, you know, they'll still change. I think that his best hope is, is basically that a bunch of people in that, uh, North America West go team. But if I'm being honest, it's unlikely that he's going to, he's going to make it. Damn. All right. Let's move on. We'll, uh, we will be addressing all of those it things. It basically uh, looks like he's not going to make it because of the uh, jump rope is my assumption, because that score is worse than all of his other scores combined. And I kind of hate that as you might've heard me allude to earlier in this show. Oh, right. Oh, um, so just so you guys know, uh, Brian is a people pleaser, and if you bug him in your DMs, we will do the show sooner than later. He does have a very busy schedule for the next two or three days, so feel free to pressure him. Uh, don't do it in his DMs. That's too much work for him to get through. Just go straight to his Instagram account and just drop bombs in the uh, comments for all to see. Make it a public uh, public. Um, Public flogging, demanding, make public demands. Okay. Here we go. Uh, final front nine, uh, Cole Radolin. Brian just told us uh, the k- kind of who's in this. Uh, he talked to us about Heimberg and uh, Calvin Heimberg, Vinny, as we call him, Vinny, and uh, Eagle McMahon and, and, and the group. Um, the, uh, 
Cole was on the podium, I think, for the first time in his career last week at the Waco event. Um, uh, hole one, five fifty. Calvin Heimberg goes. Was Cole on the podium last week in uh, Waco for the first time ever in his career? Oh, I thought you said that about um, Calvin. Uh, yeah. I, I may have, I may have, but I meant to say uh, Cole. Here we go. I shouldn't even show this. I, I'm going to start editing. Sorry. Uh, Calvin Heinberg goes uh, 550 off the tee. Now, let's just use this. Last week we talked about Heinberg all the time. Just watch this, and now you'll know why we're not talking about Calvin so much this week. Here we go. So, and bye-bye. You know, like we said, this is a a hole that you're just going to play. For, you should just probably be playing for par. He tries to be aggressive here, and he goes out of bounds and pays the price. Cole uh, played the layup shot, so he's just in the open over here. No problem. God, that's a beaut. So that's an easy way to play the hole for par and probably the smart thing for most of these guys to do. Uh, and uh, 645, this is the next shot right after Calvin threw it out of bounds. Off the basket and rolled again out of bounds. Out of bounds. Very unfortunate. It was actually a decent run to try to save the par and worst possible result, out of bounds again. Uh, this is uh, also the first time Cole has been on the main card in his career in the final uh, round. Um, Calvin, uh, we'll do one more. Calvin, uh, 914 off the tee. Last week they were talking about how this guy is the next greatest. And I think that red flag means it's <clears throat> out of bounds. Very, very bad and uh, bad start for him. And pretty disheartening because similarly to uh, how Macbeth is probably feeling, he's like, man, like it's super tight and I can't be afforded to give away easy shots like this by going out of bounds. Uh, that is the third time in two holes they went out of bounds. Uh, Eagle McMahon, second shot off uh, off the tee, and then this is his second shot. Hole two. And uh, this is the guy that Brian really likes. What do you mean by that? You, I mean, you really like him. You think he's a top five guy. You like his attitude. You like everything about him. Yeah, he's a great player, and he's a very nice man. Like we can use him. Like uh, we'll go. We're going to go to hole three uh, next. Um, he, you put him up there with like if you if you had to pick your fantasy dream team, he'd be on it. Paul Macbeth, Eagle McMahon, Gannon Burr. I don't know who the next two are, but you, but those guys, right? Maybe I think you take Cole, <laughs> right? Maybe. You wouldn't take Eagle McMahon and Paul Macbeth. I don't have that right. Depends what we were picking for. Okay, fine. Uh, dudes to play frisbee golf and make money for you in a in a fantasy league. I don't have either of them, oh. and I'm crushing everyone. Okay, well then I have no idea what I'm talking about. Eagle McMahon's just another dude on the course. Uh, hole number three. Um, just three guys off the tee. I don't have any notes about them, any reason why I picked them off the tee. They probably did well. Let's skip a uh, hole three. Let's go to hole four. Hole four. And it's funny. I had, I watched this three. I watched them go through the hole four three times before I realized this. 1,028 feet par five. Yeah, yeah. And this will show you, I think, 
Well, there was a, an overlay, but it's that sweeping hole to the left. It's the one that Eagle hit the guy with in the disc. Um, commercials. Anyway, yeah, it's long hole, par five. Yeah, crazy. Okay. Uh, nothing exciting happened there. A hole five. The front nine on the main card. Uh, 21-20. Calvin Heimberg off the tee. You're not even going to believe this. You're not even going to believe this. See it rolling, rolling. And remember earlier we said that Gannon's rolled inbounds and then came back out of bounds. His did not, so he's going to have to throw it from further away. Uh, 22, uh, 25, Calvin Heimberg with the monster uh, putt. So he's throwing it from the other side of the green where it was last in bounds. Hits the basket and unbelievable how far away this rolls. Luckily, it didn't go out of bounds again, but still pretty unfortunate. 23-20, Calvin goes for another putt, 23-20. That was a really nice putt by Cole there that we missed. Three birdies in a row for him at this point. I had it on my list just so you know. I just said, fuck it, we got to skip over it. Yeah. And another, and this is that same hole that we saw Paul and Gannon miss putts like this on. And <laughs> I have no I have no explanation, but another miss and another double bogey for Calvin. He's not taking two double bogeys in the first five holes. Now he offsets one of them with two birdies, but he's still giving two strokes away through this stretch of the course where most of the players are playing at two under par for better. Savon only leaves his house for Greg Glassman, apparently. I'm so excited. Greg's coming uh, to visit on March 26th, and he's staying for two weeks. I am pumped, he's and staying. I will be. Where is he staying? That's he li- he lives. He has a house here, just down by me. Oh, oh, oh. got it. Gotcha, gotcha. And I'll be taking my kids there. Like all the, my, we rage there. You know how much this money I save. You know how much little. money I save in food taking my kids to Greg's house. <laughs> it's crazy. Probably save like five hundred dollars in those two weeks. Just eating all of Greg's shit, and he he'll he'll just get whatever. Like I could be like, can you get ten bar- jars of peanut butter? He's like, no problem, little buddy. Little buddy. He's like the skipper and I'm Gilligan, little buddy. Okay, all this whole talk. I know it's crazy, right? Jonathan Ortega, greatest profile pick in the world. Hole number six, we're going to learn a little bit more vernacular about Frisbee golf. Uh, 26-20, Vino for the birdie. The basket is surrounded by guardians. Is that right? 480 power it's- in the sky to try to get over there. Vino. Ah, Vino the... The best looking effort. So all those little trees there around the basket, they're called guardians. Guardians. Feel free to use that. The guardians. Ooh, a lot of guardians. A lot of guardians. Thank you, Caleb, with the uh, fancy arrow work. Hole number seven. So we've learned splash and guardians this week. Guardians. It's a great. I like it. Uh, 2940 Heimberg. For the putt. I know it's getting tricky, Caleb. I'm just pushing through. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, Calvin's one of these guys that uh, I've seen more often than, than most other players have a, like a rough start to a round or a tournament and then have um, like, like rebound from it really, really well. He doesn't seem to be phased by that. So 
you know, he's obviously not happy with how he started this round, but he's going to just stay focused. And he seems to have like just a really good understanding that, you know, every, every hole matters, every stroke matters. And I'll just finish the tournament and see where it lands me. So he makes a birdie here and he's about to go on a little, a little run. Oh, I just had a deja vu. Every hole matters. Every stroke matters. You just gave wad zombie some good material there. Skipper and Gilligan. Well, thank Audrey. Thanks Audrey. Your profile picture just gave a bunch of us some good uh, material. Okay. Cole from the hazard. It's the first uh, in this uh, three-hour epic of the Austin Open. This is the first time we've seen Cole Redolin, the 18-year-old. Remember, Redolin. this is the, Redolin. This is the first time he's been in his in his career on the final card, on the final round. Here he is from the Hazard. Yeah, and he's off to a pretty good start. We haven't seen a lot of his stuff so far, but he's got three birdies and no bogeys so far, and he's staying uh, relevant and in contention for the win. Audrey doing her part for humanity. Hole eight. We just saw Cole in hole seven for the putt. Why don't we watch him in hole eight for the putt? See how the young man does. 32.05, Cole for the putt. Mr. Beaver cues it up. Definitely a putt he'll be wanting to make here. He hasn't, and he hasn't made a birdie in a few holes. So probably the first kind of disappointing miss. And if you compare it to some of his other putts, it had a lot of conviction. He was kind of floating that one in there. And that's something that I notice that um, like newer players, when they get into these pressure situations, they, they stray away from that really confident, aggressive putt. And so I think that that's something he'll, that he'll improve probably like just even into the next time he's in a situation like this is my guess. It looks like he gets his pants, those same girls, uh, Amazon pants that I put my boys in. It's like he shops, uh, what are they called? They're called like those three quarter pants. Capris? Capris, yes. He gets the girls' Capris and Amazon three pack for $15. I think he's just still growing. So they fit him a month ago, but not anymore. A little snug. A whole nine. We're getting close. Uh, let's go with um, 35.48 Cole for the birdie in the tight pants. Yeah, and that's a remember, this is a really long hole with a very demanding tee shot. He gets it out here to about 35, 40 feet, makes the putt, and he ends the front nine four under par and firmly in contention at this point as well. So very, very good start for him overall. 36-10. Eagle McMahon for the birdie. No rope for the crowd, huh? They just know. Maybe I just told him to stay on the path. Um, and Eagle is very similarly to Cole at this point. Um, perfect, you know, a very clean front nine, five under par. So he's, uh, he, you know, doing extremely well through the front nine also. Uh, as we go into this, uh, the final here. Oh God, is this the last uh, video? Did we actually do it? Holy shit, we're about to do it. Well, as we go into this, you should know that the guy who's actually winning this tournament, we haven't mentioned his name yet. His name is Austin Turner. He's minus 18. Did I show you my artwork for today? Yeah. Uh, well, you're, you're required to do it every hour, so let's go. Oh. Look, it's the letters O-G-C, and then you turn it this way. What does that stand for? It's a self-portrait. I don't know. Huh. Um, Austin Turner was uh, is a lefty, and it's there's not that many lefties on the tour. There are a few. He's definitely an up-and-coming player. 
top 50 rated in the world. Um, yeah, that's a fair comparison, Katie. And, uh, look, she doesn't even know that's how good she is as a journalist. She didn't even know. And she just throws that out there and it sticks. So good. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, Austin Turner, left-handed player. Yeah. And he was playing on the fifth card. So that means that he was somewhere around 20th place coming into the final round. He shot 10 under on the day. Uh, he only, he had a clean card all the way up until hole 17, that wooded hole that can cause problems for people. He was actually 12 under going into that hole, took a double bogey, parred the last hole, and he was a leader in the clubhouse at 18 under par coming off the fifth card. There's never been a winner on the Pro Tour, even off of the third card. So making a push from the fifth card is pretty much unheard of. That's a, a good stat. Um, never from the third card. Every time you say the word hole, I put those words, like you said, wooded hole, long hole. Uh, every, the hardest just, hole. Yeah, the hardest hole. I always like, I replay it to see if it's funny. The the, the word and then hole. It's, my brain is fucked up. I think it's my mom's fault. Okay, final round, back nine, chase card. We're not even going to, we're not even going to show you the main card. This is the chase card which will let you know that the winner is coming from this chase card. A tightest event in pro Frisbee history. Uh, hole 10, Gannon, off the tee. We haven't watched anyone off the tee in a while because I've been trying to rush this shit. Uh, by the way, when this show's over, we'll be taking a 20-minute break, and then Brian and I will be coming back to do another three-hour uh, part two of his interview. And that will lead right into another 20-minute break before three hours of CrossFit. <laughs> Dan into the basket. See, Brian, see that out of bounds it had to pass through? Why have that out of bounds there? It's just, it's, it's just fabricated. The golf, it's the golf green. I hate it. It's fabricated. I mean, it's it's definitely a point of contention. Um, oh, really? Other people don't like it either? It's like, dude, just leave just it in bounds. The, yeah, just playing on the, you know, and it's kind of funny. It's like, well... You don't want us walking on the golf green, but we can spike our discs into it. Like, what do you think is going to cause more damage to the green? Oh, really? Is that the reason? Uh, I don't know for sure, but I mean, it, it, it may, it, that's what I've assumed always. Um, and it does cause these little nuances of, of precision for the players, but this is a nice shot either way. Um, that's a great question, uh, Kenneth. The lap has about moist holes. If the chains are wet, does that make it harder or easier? for the basket for the uh frisbee to go in i mean they play in the rain <clears throat> i've never really heard them talk about that but um and i've played in the rain too and i've never really thought about it so i'm not sure and then of course there's the guarded hole mm, yes All there's a lot of guardians on the next hole okay uh gannon showing why uh he is the man uh, watch closely listen carefully uh, as this all plays out here, 246 Mason uh, Marchbanks, uh, the new, the first time, uh, you know, he's had this much attention as Brian was telling us. He goes for the putt. He's hanging with the big boys, Paul McBeth and Gannon Burr, but he's not There's a that big kind boy. That's that that's that kind of tentative putt I was talking about with Cole. You want to see a little bit more conviction there, especially because there's nothing dangerous behind the basket. It's uphill putt. A whole ten Gannon uh, beating Macbeth by one stroke, letting him know, "Hey, I didn't. I noticed that Mason didn't really get his neck into it that time, though." <laughs> and look up to the heavens, <laughs> dear God, dear God. A whole eleven. Hey, you're not supposed to say the Lord's name in vain. Am I not supposed to say make jokes like that? Like, dear God. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's whatever is happening inside your heart that counts. Up. That's good. In my house, I just realized that my mom used to say we weren't allowed to say "Oh God" in my house for some reason. 
a whole 11 uh Gannon off the tee and into the into the Guardians. Guardians. Thank you. Thank you, Caleb. Yeah, but that's a pretty good shot. He's close enough there that he should have uh should have an easy time with the putt. It's like Katie Gannon knew, right? She was like, yep, into the Guardians, the guarded hole. That's the guarded hole. And uh, 507, our boy Yuna. Don't forget, guys, this is the chase card. Not supposed to win from the chase card. Yuna with the monster putt. Nope, Guardian. Guardian slapped his shit down. And you see at the on the bottom there at this point, Gannon's in second place. That's what the little blue two next to his name means. And Paul's tied for third. The other guys are not playing great, but they're still tied twelfth. And they and they have you know plenty of holes to go at this point. Uh Mason five nineteen. Going for the putt. Trying to make a statement here. Lots of guardians between him and the hole. And we see how close he is here, and it's still not that easy, but he finds a way. Uh, Gannon, uh, after hole 11, Gannon now leads Eagle McMahon. He got a birdie on that hole. We go to hole, hole 12. Uh, this is the first time I noticed this. This is with, uh, what are they called, Gateway Media? Gatekeeper Media. Gatekeeper Media. Check this out. Look in the upper right-hand corner there. Uh, after uh, Macbeth throws this, it'll tell you how fast the Frisbee's going. Yeah, this happens. They they do have this feature quite a bit, the miles per hour at the release. Yeah, I thought that's pretty cool. I'll do it to you. 64 miles an hour for these players is <laughs> is fairly standard. And anything that gets 70, 69, 60, 70, that's where you're starting to talk about, like, very, a guy who's throwing it very hard. And I noticed that the forehands I was seeing around 59, a little bit slower. <clears throat> yeah. And just um, since we're not going to cover them, just to kind of put in context, uh, Eagle's basically having a meltdown at this point on the course. He's taking a bogey on hole four and a double bogey on hole 12, which are holes that most of the players are expecting to get birdie and par or birdie and birdie on. And so he's kind of falling off the pace there. Uh, We're going to go to 935. Gannon going for a birdie on hole 12. Uh Uh-oh. Ignore that guy talking on the left. Yeah, and so Gannon's basically got a tap-in birdie here, and like I mentioned, Eagle's taking a double bogey on this hole. That's a three-stroke swing, and it's more or less eliminating Eagle from the conversation. But in the meantime, on the same card, um, Calvin had a birdie on 7, 8, 10, 11, and 12. And so even having that terrible start, uh, Heinberg's putting himself back up in the running for a top-five finish. Uh, by the way, that was uh, that's a turkey for Gannon, which we learned. That's uh, some of the vernacular we learned today. That means it's his third birdie in a row. And a birdie is when you go one under par. And it will Learn. not be his last birdie in this stretch. Uh, hole 13. Um, 12.03, Mason March. I think Mason here is going to do something quite special for himself on hole 13. I believe that's a turkey. Mason Marchbanks. <clears throat> yep, he got 11, 12, and 13. Very well done. And I think that sometimes for these players that are in situations like this, um, that they're not that used to, uh, this is kind of normal. That's like at the beginning of the round, you're a little bit nervous. You make some mistakes. 
you have some good things happen and then you get like, you know, seven to 10 holes into the round and you kind of just settle in and you find your, you know, you just start playing golf again. And I think that's probably what happened for him. Uh, let's play the audio here. 1233. Remember the seven second rule. Uh, there's something in here. Oh, oh, okay. Here we go. So there's a, there's something in here where they say that in the audio where they say Paul marks the ground and it's unlike him. Let's listen to this and then we'll have Brian um, explain it to us. I think that market, but he is going to get that little extra bit away from the out of bounds. Got to make sure. Keep going a little bit. Sorry. Seven seconds. Sorry. And unusual to see Macbeth market, but he is going to get that little extra bit away from the out of bounds. What does that mean? Unusual for him to market? Like, what's he doing there? That's weird. I think I know, but let me hear the back end of the comment, and I'll tell you for sure. Okay. Got to make sure that your back foot is not on that OB line. That is an illegal stance. Okay. So, anytime. Uh, you, you can always set your mini in front of your disc and putt from there. And the discs are, you know, 10 inches long or whatever. So you can get 10 inches closer to the hole. Most of the players will always do that because why not be 10 inches closer? You can think back to that putt from Simon. We saw it coming in, and if it had been one inch closer, he would have made it. So taking those 10 inches can be very helpful. Paul, unlike most of the players, doesn't often do that. He'll just, wherever his putter is, he just steps up to it and puts it from there and doesn't take the 10 inches. In this case, he did put his mini down because he wanted to give himself as much distance as possible from the out-of-bounds so he could take his normal stance and his back foot wouldn't be on the out-of-bounds line. So that's all they were saying. Oh, and it was the out-of-bounds line that was tripping him out. He the out-of-bounds line's make- behind him. So if he hadn't put that down there, then he would have had to adjust his stance from what his, his most comfortable position, but he could just put the mini down, move forward a foot, more or less, and then have his normal stance. Um, look at this. Hot Chesser. I don't even know how I ended up here, but this is the most boomer stream I've ever stumbled into, and I love it. Mm. What, does that mean just old dudes, old motherfuckers? Yeah. Uh, dude, I'm so sorry, guys. Uh, 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 listen, I'm the only boomer here. I don't even think I'm a boomer, but, dude, this is – don't let me fuck – don't let me drag down the rest of these guys here, please. Jeez Louise. Yeah, he, he's going to take the full 10 inches. I get it. I get it. Gets you closer to the hole. Okay. Uh, hole 13, uh, again, uh, Mace Paul uh, marks ground, which is unlike him. Hole 14, ladies and gentlemen, we are about to get to the exciting part. <laughs> I think the excitement starts around hole 16, if you want me to be completely honest. A hole 14, Gannon off the tee. 1348, Mason. Uh, uh, oh, no. Okay, sorry. Let's do 1320 first. Look, watch Gannon. You're going to watch Gannon, and then we're going to watch Mason, and this is going to show you how great Gannon is here. Watch this. Surprise. Yeah, remember this. You need to be very specific on this hole. If you go too far, then it can catch the hill and run down. And he gets it to check up maybe a foot before he needed to. If it had caught one more foot, it might have rolled out of bounds back there. Do you guys see how amazing that is? I didn't even tell Brian. He doesn't even know that I'm setting up these juxtaposing these two fucking sh- clips here. 1320, how great Gannon is off the tee with a 1348. And he set it up perfectly. He didn't even know what I was going for. And while I take a piss, he's going to explain it to you and he's going to use the work. But we never even planned it. That was crazy. You set it up perfect, B. <clears throat> Never call you B. Good job, B. 
Mm, I'll have to see how I feel about that. And um, there have been many players who have had shots similar to what you're about to see from Mason here throughout the tournament. The shot is not that much worse than Gannon's, but the result is worse. So same line, same angle. He's just going to try to hyzer it in there. It's only 300 feet. It's a very easy distance for them to throw. They can pretty much pick whatever disc they want. And he's getting this, it's just a little too far. You could see it as soon as it landed. It rolls out of bounds. For a second, they thought it might roll back inbounds, but it doesn't. The spotter marks it there, and it'll have to putt from down at the bottom of the hill. So it's a very, very minor difference between having an uh, easy tap-in for birdie, which Gannon has, and a 25-foot uphill putt with a, a penalty stroke to try to save par, which Mason has. And once again, pretty good timing. Thank you. And everyone decided you can't call me that anymore. Oh, fine. I understand. It was, not, it was on accident. <laughs> hey, I don't even think I should be celebrating our success and how tight our shit is. I should just act cool about it. Yeah, of course we're we're of course we're doing this. Okay, uh, Una, uh, 1444. Watch Una here. Uh, somebody is uh, – let's see if Brian knows what I'm going for here. What What, what is Una doing here? 1444, Yuna off the tee. What do you mean? Uh, exactly. That's exactly. Nothing there. No. Uh, Yuna plays it safe as opposed to uh, going for it and then letting it go over that bank and roll out of bounds. Yeah, I mean, it's it's much, much better to be 10 feet short than 10 feet long on this hole, as we just saw. And, yeah, that's the easy play. I would even say Gannon's shot was a bit risky, and he probably was intending it for be for it to be more where Yuna's is than where his ended up. Uh, 15 uh, minutes, uh, Mason, with the <laughs> what, what? Is there a funny comment? <laughs> just Trish being Trish. Oh. Um, okay. Uh, from out of bounds, Mason, Marchbanks. The nice thing about Trisha is she can say the meanest thing in the world and it's still just funny. <laughs> hey, that's brutal right there. Yeah, I mean that's the price you pay. You know, an up, uphill put putt. There's a little bit of a crosswind, which is you know, crosswind's pretty tough. And he catch, you know, he misses by an inch. But when you catch that uh, the the lip of the basket there, there's some nubs on it, like that the, the, where the metal curls over the other metal. And if yeah. you catch that wrong, it can sometimes spit it out pretty far away like that. The the good thing for anyone who finds this the Sevon podcast while we're doing one of these shows, just imagine it's all uphill from here, people. It's just like this is like this is just our this is just our jogging speed. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be hang tight. A lot of hot, we get a lot of hot chicks on the show as guests. Hang tight. Uh, okay, um, Gannon off the tee, Mason out of bounds. Yuna plays safe. Mason puts uh, putts from out of bounds, misses the shot. That's about it for him. Uh, Gannon, fifteen thirty. What is Gannon doing here? Does he think he's a fucking CrossFitter? Look at look at watch this, watch this. Look look at him dusting up his. I've never seen anyone do this. He's dusting up his disc. Yeah, he uses his chalk bag <clears throat> more than most people do. And obviously the, the wind is a ma major factor in disc golf. You'll see him occasionally step forward a couple st steps from a spot and squeeze that thing. And that, that, that's what gives him the wind read. More historically in the past, people would pick up grass and throw it in the air to try to see. Yeah. But he just squeezes the chalk bag and that's how he figures it out. I There's like actually, 
Last year, there was a tournament where Eagle reached down to try to pick up grass and throw it in the air, and he sliced his finger open on like a piece of glass or something that was on the ground. And wow. they were talking about, well, you could just do it again and does it to squeeze the bag and eliminate that risk. Did you actually see him when he cut his finger? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. wow. He also could God, just, I can't wait till I start. I watch enough till I start seeing those nuances. Yeah. Uh, you literally, uh, Heidi Kroom, you literally never have chicks as guests. Okay. There. Uh, but uh, Kenneth the Lab with a quick comeback, slapping Heidi back in her seat. Drunk girls call in every now and then, too. Thank you. We had Clara. Yeah, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take that, Heidi. You accidentally yeah. got in once when Caleb sent you a fucking link, unapproved link. Don't forget about that. She hacked it. <laughs> uh, Gannon, five birdies in a row. Come on. Come on. After hole 14, five birdies in a row. Yep. Hole 15. 1620. I think this is Gannon from the uh, T. Brian, are you tripping? How long are you cool with this? Cool. Okay, cool. Uh, Gannon from the T, the big man. (laughs) Gannon from the T on a par three. Uh, He just had five birdies in a row, and he gets a huge piece of humble. Yeah, so this is this. Uh, there's an out of bounds tight long of the of the hole here, and I would consider this a you know a misplay by him, missing anything. Just put it in bounds. Like anything in bounds at this point is fine. You've made five birdies in a row. He's actually in a decent position relative to the field uh, at this point. What's what's his score? What was his score at this point? Um, I think he was I, negative. Tw- I think he's under uh, twenty. Yeah, yeah, and he's so he's leading the tournament. Under twenty. So all yeah. you know, you still have. Hole 16, that's almost a guaranteed birdie. And hole 17 and 18, which you want to have a little bit of leeway coming into. So I could guess I could understand him going for the birdie here. But the last thing you want to do is take a bogey. And when you throw it out of bounds, you put that at you know, a high risk of that happening. Uh, Spencer Davis making an astute observation. Gannon must be terrified of a stiff breeze. Get that dude a sandwich. And we um, talked about uh, you know Paul on this hole yesterday. He threw the forehand. It was a safe play in his inbounds. And this day, he's going to choose to throw the backhand. And he's still in a good position. He's tied for second right now in the tournament. Uh, Paul on uh, the tee uh, also. Well, let's watch. 1640. I don't want to root for you. So Gannon throws it out of bounds. What a great opportunity for Paul Macbeth to take advantage. He's down. He's down by four. Can Paul Macbeth oh, under three. pressure. Down by three. And I think he's throwing a putter here. He's one of the best putter throwers in the game. It's 425 feet, but it's downhill. He definitely has this in his wheelhouse, but he just doesn't get the flip on it that he wants. He wants that to stand up and fly mostly straight and then just kind of drift towards the ground, but it stayed on hyzer the entire way. Basically, he he missed, he just missed the throw. He got away from him, went out of bounds, and once again, I would just consider that a like a pretty bad play at this point in the tournament. Yeah, so Gannon is uh, – they need to catch up to Gannon, him, and Yuna, and both him and Yuna uh, throw out of bounds, right? Right after Gannon throws out of bounds. Kind of crazy. Yeah, and um, Yuna it, and Mason are out of the tournament at this point. They're just trying to basically get a top-10 finish, which would be great. Uh, Yuna, 18-12. Uh, okay, then we won't watch his putt. 18-35, uh, Gannon for the putt. So he's out of bounds. He's trying to save par here. He's coming off five birdies in a row. He should really make this putt every time. What happened? Do we see what happened? I can't didn't pay for his internet. Oh. Dude. 
chains out um, pretty bad miss there, I would say. And honestly, you know, at this, at this point, you're, you have to be thinking about nerves, right? Like he knows he's in the lead of the tournament. He's just thrown it out of bound. He's, we saw him make a tunnel putts for much longer than this earlier in the round. We talked about sometimes just having that, not that quite that conviction that you need. And he looked like just a little bit of a soft putt relative to what we're used to from him. So he gives a gift uh, on, on the tee on the 15th to Paul Macbeth by throwing it out of bounds. Paul Macbeth can't capitalize. Now here he offers up really another the entire field because what's happening in the background besides Austin Turner, who's at 18 under par in the clubhouse, <coughs> you have a guy named James Proctor also on my team, by the way, who shot 10 under par on the day and he's in the clubhouse at 19 under par. And you have Simon Lazat, who we thought was done and dusted after several terrible holes on the front nine of both round one and round two, but he played phenomenal on the back nine of both those holes. He's one card ahead again at this point, and he's going to put in the, into the clubhouse at 20 under par. So when Gannon misses this putt here, he's dropping back into a tie with Simon. He played horrible on the back holes, but phenomenal on the front holes. Opposite. N- another great use with holes. See it? should never play the back hole, I don't think. I just play the front hole. Take it uh, back, Katie. James Proctor is <laughs> one of my favorite players. Uh, hey, uh, it is kind of an interesting name, Proctor. Proctor. Uh, guess what his dad used to do? His grandfather, his great grandfather. What his Dr. vocation Proctor. was. Now listen, I was. Li- you have to know. Paul is up now. Paul Macbeth. This is in 1845. Paul has a chance to capitalize once again on Gannon's error at the basket. A gift from God. His it just Gannon hit the chains and it bounced off. Macbeth. To pick a point up on him. No. Sorry, Paul. And look at God just gives a disc right back to him. Oh, shit. He doesn't even pick that disc up that he missed with. He plays with the disc that he had in his hand. Are you guys seeing this shit? Hey, that was pretty crazy. I didn't notice that the first time I watched it. Did you see that? Yeah, and he's pretty much, I mean, he's probably, he's got, he's such an interesting guy. Like, I would think that he would be so frustrated at this point. Um, because he's just making stupid mistakes. We think back to the one on hole three where he's 10 feet away from the basket, misses it, rolls away, doesn't take his time, misses again, and takes two extra strokes than he needed. He threw a bad shot out of bounds here, misses the putt, and doesn't take much time over it again. Another double bogey here, uh, you know, basically taking him out of the tournament. <clears throat> but he still seems like he's in a good mood in the next hole. Like he's just kind of casually going about his round. Steel trap. His mind's a steel trap. Hey, he got $10 million. He's cool. He's cool. He's got 10 mil. Hole 16. Gannon minus 20. Paul McBeth minus 16. Now, if, if McBeth could have capitalized on those two fucked up shots, uh-oh. Did Brian just have a stroke? No. Uh, 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 hole, hole 16. Gannon uh, minus 20. Paul McBeth minus 16. Now, remember, Gannon could have uh, capitalized on those two errors that uh, uh, Gannon made, and he could be just minus 18, but he didn't. But he didn't. 2101 Gannon. Now watch closely, people. Off the tee. No, sorry, sorry. 2101 Gannon. Here we go. Off the tee. He's in the lead, minus 20. You know what? Let's keep making this interesting. I'll throw it out of bounds again. Hole 16, Gannon opens up with a shot out of bounds. Paul Macbeth 
the gift. I mean, they're begging you to win, Paul. He's begging you. He's grabbing his ankles, Paul. 21-20, Paul from the T. And we saw Gannon make an eagle on this hole the previous day, so we know that he can do it. Didn't Again, he's now he's throwing three bad shots in the last two holes. And here comes Macbeth, like you said, with an opportunity to capitalize on it. He's got the distance to do it, but he basically makes the exact same mistake as he made on the last oh. hole, which is that he just doesn't get the – he needs a disc to be flat, and he doesn't get it to flip to flat, and he doesn't get the carry that he thought he would get, and he goes out of bounds, and – yeah. Hey, I mean, he's got to look back at this and be like, hey, I should have made up three points right there. And instead, I fucking I didn't. I mean, he, you know, basically, he's going to look back at <clears throat> just from this round. He's going to look back at hole three, hole 15 and hole 16 and say, I lost the tournament on those three holes. But if you're Calvin Heimberg, you're going to look at holes one and five where you took those double bogeys. And you're going to say the same thing because Calvin made birdies on seven, eight, 10, 11, 12, 14, Eagle on 16, birdie on 17, which no one makes birdie on 17, and had a putt for birdie on 18, and he gets into the clubhouse in 19 under par as well. Into the clubhouse. First of all, there's no fucking clubhouse. They can't even keep the fucking caddy around for the whole event. He flew home early. What do you want to call it? Because he couldn't afford the extra $35 to he keep his He finishes the tournament at 19 under par as well. <laughs> he, couldn't pay, he couldn't afford to board his dog an extra day. Uh, 2305 Gannon, even going after out of bounds, has an opportunity for par. 2305 behind its guardian. Oh, okay, here we go. Gannon Burr. Hey, that's an incredible shot, Brian. You got to see that. See that, see that stump, how it's been cut there. That tree used to be like a V. Watch this shot. This fucking guy throws it over that. Yeah, he knows he messed around with this for a while, trying to think about straddling out to the side and doing a little Anheuser putt or straddling to the other side and doing a little forehand. And he thought that just going straight over the top would be the best bet. The problem here is that he can't really, he has to, that the tree on the right is kind of blocking his angle. So he has to be really sensitive about the angle. It's a small margin for air to sneak it by the taller part of the V tree and still get it in the basket. And he almost misses it on the left side, but the basket catches it for him. Hey, look at his eyes too, man. That's the kind of thing. Like if you look down at that tree while you're putting, you're hitting that tree. Or if you go like this. <laughs> yeah, then then you're just throwing it up to the heavens. Don't do that. Uh, Gannon for par. Hole 17. Gannon is still minus 20. Paul McBeth, minus 16. Uh, 20, uh, let's go to 2440. And... Th- this is going to be hard to explain. Let's see if Brian can do this. 2450, you're going to see something crazy that Paul Macbeth is doing here. The guy the guy has done a lot of unorthodox shit, which is kind of crazy. You have so to- he's tried, on round one, he threw the perfect drive, had nothing, took a bogey. On round two, he tries to jump putt to a layup zone. It doesn't go his way. There's a small tree in the way. He tries to go over the top. It goes out of bounds. He throws an insane shot that I don't understand at all he, to save a bogey. So in round three, he's trying something that is probably insane. There's a really small gap up in the window, and he's going to try to throw a very specific disc on a very specific line to flex over everything and come back and spike through the canopy of the trees onto the green. This is not a line. There is not a line for this shot, but he doesn't care. He thinks this is a silly hole, and so he's going to try it. Yeah, it's crazy. And I think he has to ask the fans to move for this, right? Is this the, is this the shot, 2450? The next one. Oh, the next one, okay. I don't know if I have the time code for that. Oh, we have to see the next shot if you can find it. But he, 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 he's laughing. 
he hits a tree really early, so he doesn't get to see if this would have worked or not. But instead, it falls down to the exact spot that he was trying to lay up to yesterday that he unsuccessfully, where he was unsuccessful. And so now he's in this situation, and we, I thought he was oh, going to go over the top. He pushes the crowd back, and he's going to go through this gap out here on the side. This is crazy. At this point, it's out of bounds. It's out of bounds the entire way. And it flare skips through all these trees, somehow doesn't hit any of them, and ends up inside like maybe 30 feet from the basket. No no other player came at the basket from that side, right? Never. No, it's not even part. It's not even an, like, it doesn't no, even make sense. Not, this is not the hole. Both <laughs> right. of the things that he did on, on this hole on rounds two and three, he's the only person who tried to do them or did them. It's like if you were there with your buddies and you were drinking too much and you said, hey, you ha- let's all go this way and see what happens. But at the same time, I mean, this is what happens on this hole. Here we see Gannon trying to take some weird line over the top. Cole Radalin had the same thing on this hole where he's trying. he threw what seems like a good drive and he's barely off the fairway and he's throwing some insane shot that doesn't work out. And that's just what happens on this hole. Uh, that's a Simon line, Sean. That's exactly right. Paul, uh, 27-33, Gannon uh, on the putt. We're close, guys. We're close. We are close. We got 100 likes. Incredible. And we had Harry Potter check in. Gannon for the putt. Um, Sinks it. Yeah, so he pretty bad hole 15 and 16. Bounces back with a birdie on 17. Calvin also made birdie on 17, but it's it just doesn't happen. Like It's a very, very rare birdie, so that's a big stroke and a big boost of confidence. I think it gives him a one-stroke lead going into 18. And that's a, a, a glorious hole for uh, Gannon Burke. 27-49, Paul McBeth. He needs it, people. He needs it. So this is for birdie on a hole that he hates, that he's gotten bogey on the first two rounds. And... Um, it's hard to tell, but it looks like a wide open putt. And <laughs> basically what the commentator said is what I was thinking, which is that this is the whole of just getting him back for talking about it so poorly, negatively over the last two days. Uh, just splashed out of the chains there, huh? Uh, that's, I think that's more of a spit out than a splash out. A spit out. Okay. I'm still, I'm still learning the nuances. Hole 18, ladies and gentlemen, Gannon Burr, minus 21. Yeah. So he knows. Simon waiting in the clubhouse, minus 20. And so he's just, he knows that all he needs is a par here. And I told you guys a couple hours ago that getting up, just playing for par on this hole is really difficult. Like it's the layup isn't easy. The approach shot is still hard after that. So he has to make a decision. He's going to, he throws his drive to a landing zone and everyone's wondering, is he going to play it safe and take the par and the win? Or is he going to risk going for it? Here we go. 30, 50. Gannon set his second throw. Audio on, please. Listen carefully. Listen, listen, listen. Money. Oh, this Money. looks fantastic. Money. He knew. What a shot from Gannon Burr. I think I think we got a slow. I think we get a slow mo on that. Did you hear uh, Gannon say "money"? Was that him? Money. I'm not. I, uh, well, yeah. I, <clears throat> I hope. I hope it was him. Let's see if we can see his lips. Yeah, I don't know if it was him or not, but he takes out a mid-range and he just throws it on that Anheuser, trusts it out over, out over the out-of-bounds the entire way to flex back in there, finish flat into the into circle one. And that shot basically locks up the tournament for him. I mean, there are still players on the course behind him, so it's possible that someone could throw in for eagle or you know something like that, but 
pretty much now you're thinking that the tournament is his to win or to, you know, that, that the tournament is his and that he's won. He still could choose to lay it up and take the par, but 25 feet away, he's most likely going to just run it. Money, 32, 25. Uh, this is the shot at the beginning of the show. I was telling you where we were going to see a big crowd. Look at that crowd. That's at least 300 people. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, Gannon, 30 to 25 for the putt. You know who's not in that crowd is Caddy. <laughs> to put, yeah, right, right. He's on a plane. <laughs> to put an end, there it is, to the uh, Austin Open in Texas at the Harry Pinnock. Yeah, so, you know, really solid round. 11 birdies, one bogey on that, that whole 15 there. 10 under par, which is, a, you know, ties the second best round. Only Cole Rodallin shot better than 10 under par over the three rounds with his 12 under on round two. Um, and this is Gannon Burr's first ever Disc Golf Pro Tour Elite Series win. He did win wow. one He wow. did win one Silver Series event last year, and he did win the Tour Championships, which is technically classified as what they call an X major, but it's, it's more, it's a, it's not an Elite Series win. And so this is his first Elite Series win in his career. Uh, thank you, Katie, for getting that joke. Brian thought I was serious. Uh, that was definitely facetious coming from the guy that has uh, the, the 130 viewers, live viewers. Uh, okay. Uh, 35-22. I mean, can you imagine how much work Brian and I put into this, how serious this is? That's that's. I'm almost embarrassed. We've only begun. We have 15, no, uh, 13 more shows to do. And then probably we'll have to do Plus a, a, the majors. We'll have to do a season recap. Oh, those sixteen aren't don't include the majors. One of them is is the tour championship, but there are three other majors. Fuck me sideways. <laughs> I am. In, I did actually. I did enjoy it. I, it's a little stressful because Brian Light wants to do the shows on Monday, so it's a little stressful. But I, I am actually enjoying it. I'm getting to know the guys. If I have a couple of these guys on, what I'm really concerned is next year. I'm, I think I'm gonna be watching the NFL. God, what a poser. Okay. Um, uh, 35, 22, uh, let's, um, well, let, let's, let's do 35. This is good. Let's play a little bit here. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, Caleb, let's play like seven seconds here. Just to give you a little bit. You can play the audio too for these next two clips. Get a little bit of this, like get the vibe here. Just feel what's going on. He just won. Got a couple. Look at even that sport has old guys like me that are staying around too long. It's like, dude, just go find something else to do already. Fuck nuts. But nope, there's always a couple of us who stick around too long. What? Ladies and gentlemen. Tepid applause. 2023 champion of like the, the trophy? Open I do. and Austin presented by Lone Star. Gannonburg. Uh, Mason uh, Mitchell will be taking naps to these 13 episodes of the uh, golf. Thank you. Okay. And now, so he gets the award. It's kind of cool. It actually is kind of cool. And if you watching him walk through the crowd when he was there and the people like congratulating him, the way the other golfers treated him was pretty cool. Uh, but then I want you to listen to this 3522. Uh, I love this part. This The, 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 the one thing that he says. From the chase you know what? Today. Tell us all how you're feeling. That yeah, feels great. First, uh, first Elite Series win. It's just kind of weird after winning uh, the major first at USDGC. Feels great. I had a good game plan coming into this week. I know. 
this is this next part is it. Of course, I try to stay positive about it and use it to my advantage. Um, if I'm, you know, if I, if I feel like I like it, it plays good my game. I think I'm gonna be the best, and that's what happened out here this weekend. And I never gave up, and uh, I made a lot of clutch shots towards the end. Uh, so what he says that uh, Katie Gannon, this is the Nikki Braziers of uh, disc golf. Uh, fair. Um, God, you that set me up for an alley oop, but I'm going to be nice. Uh, so what he said there that Brian and I like is uh, what Gannon Burr said is that hey, um, people were uh, talking shit about this course, but I tried to t- uh, stay positive and and just play my best. Yeah, and this I think I think you know he's only 18 years old and uh, obviously playing with guys a lot older than him, and I think that this mentality is a great one. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to if you show up to the tournament and you don't like the course, you have two choices: you either play it or you don't play it. And if you're going to play it, what, what, it's not even enjoyable. Like this should be something that's fun. It's your profession. It's a, it's a sport. You're outside, you're competing. Uh, why not make the most of it? So I see these guys that are sulking around that are complaining about the course design. It's like, it's a new course. You got like, they're going to take some, it's going to take some time to get it into shape, especially in disc golf, especially in the woods. They're like fairways and the rough, they create themselves over time. So if you go to courses that are in the woods, especially, and they've been there for a long time, you're going to see that like things work, like they, they kind of met, how do you say this? They like mold into a more playable environment, brand new course. There's obviously it's not going to be perfect. And while all of these veterans are complaining, 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 you have this young kid out there who just said, you know what, I'm here to play disc golf and I'm going to make the most of it. And you know, for anyone that follows CrossFit, um, that's probably the same mentality that the athlete should be taking. You know, it's it's one thing for us as an analyst just to look at the, the, the movement and say, is this the best time to introduce a V-up and a crossover single under to a competition that's virtual and that thousands and thousands of people are taking? No, obviously it's not. But as an athlete, you got to put that out of your mind. And coaches who are coaching athletes should also be encouraging them to say, hey, who cares? This is the test and we got to do it. Who's do you want to play this sport or not? Who's care? If you want to play the sport, then go and figure it out the best that you can and put forth your best effort. Gannon did that in this tournament, and I'm really proud of him for doing it when, you know, it would have been really easy to just fall into the mold with everyone else and and just complain. Uh, Kenneth DeLapp, uh, do you think Gannon, how many pairs of boobs do you think Gannon Burr has seen? I'm going to say two. Oh, two pairs. Like his mom's and his grandma's? Uh, all right, uh, Brian, uh, I think we did it. I think we did it. Yeah, I think we did. We set a record for disc golf show. Oh, for the length. Yeah, that was cool. Caleb Beaver, man, dude, I, I would, I, I never know how much notes I've taken until I spit them out of my printer. It I had, a uh, one, Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, ten full pages. That's not good. And you keep it to like six pages. What do you think? What feedback do you have? Do you think a fewer off the t- off the tees? Um, I mean, I look exhausted. I always look like this. Is how I look. I'm hungry. Either that or just, you know, when I tell you to focus on a couple of players, maybe <clears throat> stay a little, like, choose less shots of March Banks and Yona. Right, right. Fuck those guys. I, I hear you. Okay. No, I think it's good to, yeah. to, like, give them some, some coverage, give them a couple of shots, but maybe, like, two per nine instead of, like, ten per nine. 
Fair, fair, fair. That's good. That's good advice. Uh, Mason Mitchell has some feedback. Let's not try to one up that record. <laughs> that last, the last thing that I said, that like thirty seconds about uh, having a good attitude and just showing up and doing it. He put yeah. in three hours just waiting for that. <laughs> uh, Brian would make this five hours if he could. No, I think I, I felt Brian's energy go up and down. He was a champ. He doesn't know. He he doesn't tell me to do ten hours of notes. But um, uh, hello, Molly. I'm glad we started two hours early though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Uh, extra sloppy. I'm going to drop it uh, in at Highwood and act like I don't know who Brian is. I just want him to know so that he's oddly suspicious of every walking. Is that your gym, Highwood? Yeah, that's the city it's in. Oh. And this person, who I don't even know if it's a man or a woman, who is not very far away of what she was saying earlier, she or he was saying earlier. She, um, he, or they. It's probably a they, actually. Uh, it, yeah, I agree. Uh, Ken Walters, uh, the young kid. I'm just uh, happy to be here uh, mentally. Brian, you couldn't have said it better. If they're bitching, it won't change anything. I'm just like life. Embrace and make changes or bitch and stay the same. I think that Tetlow has basically told us that too. We're like, he's like, yeah, just going to keep my head down and grind. I ain't going to bitch. Yeah. And and, and I, I think I'll reiterate, you know, it's a, it's very different for uh, a commentator, an analyst to, to have a critique for the new course or the new movement or whatever than for the players. It's okay for the players to say something like, you know what, I wasn't that excited about it when I saw it, but I just told myself I'm here to play the game. That's the game this time around, and so I'm going to do my best on it. Like that, yes. That's okay. You don't need to just sit there and complain, complain, complain if you're the person that's playing the sport. Just go out there and do it. Otherwise, don't show up to play. Hey, did you see this um, event that I promoted this morning? Um, it's in Scotland. Kyle, fuck, I forget Kyle's last name. It's 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 um it's like it's it's called like the Wad. The hell was the name of that Wad? Wadlock Lockwad. Do you know what I'm talking about, Brian? They have an um, event in Scotland. Yeah, I've heard of it. Are you going out to it? Have they invited you out to it to go talk at it, to do something to it? I don't know if it's that kind of uh, big I think event. I have spoken with those guys before, but not recently. What kind of programming do you think these uh, Frisbee golf people should do? Um, Training-wise? like, Yeah. I think, I think, you know, core to extremity, broad time and modal domain type stuff. No. Uh, I get it. I get what you're saying, but but uh, any you think they should be doing CrossFit? Go to a local box and cut all the weights by seventy five percent. Whatever your coach tells you, do seventy five percent less. Um, Look at Brian. Thought the show was over, and he's like immediately like. Um, well, once we get off there, I'll tell you why. Oh, is it good? <laughs> Depends what you think is good. Anything for me to talk about on my show that will generate more viewers and make it so that I can pay for more jujitsu classes? Uh, I'll tell you uh, about it off the air and then I'll yeah. let you decide, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I want to show you this one thing right here and tell me what you think. Just, just this one thing. I'll probably play this tomorrow on my live call in show. It's nothing bad. It's actually quite interesting. I think you'll be stimulated by it. You ready? personal example is that i front squatted every single day for two and a half years right and it's like my deadlift went up like 150 pounds and i did not touch the deadlift for those two years yeah it's like if if i deadlifted every day for two and a half years my front squat wouldn't move 
it would not move. So like it shows you on the rung right there, it should be lower. Yeah. So why I wouldn't want to waste time into the ascension phase on a movement that doesn't transfer well. We have to be as precise as possible when we're figuring out the lifts. Dude, my you know, Josh Evers said this back in um, 2008 or nine when I made every second counts. I remember him saying like, hey, yeah, you know, I didn't deadlift for three or four or five years. I only did the Olympic lifts and all of a sudden I had a 500 pound deadlift. Mr. Friend, as a coach at Highwood CrossFit, what are your thoughts on that? Front squat, front squat and the hierarchy of lifts, front squat. Pretty good. <clears throat> I would train some variations of front squat, probably that stop front squat, maybe some uh, zombie or zercher, obviously do different reps, tempos, stuff like that. But you also have to think about who you're catering your programming to. Like how many people are, if you say, you want to, you want me to be your coach? Okay. We're front squatting every day for the next 800 days. Yeah. yeah. Sign me up. Like, I think a lot of people would probably be like, uh, no, I don't want to front squat every day for 800 days in a row. I'm not even saying go that far. I'm just saying like, fuck a deadlift. Like anytime you want to do a deadlift, every 10 times you want to do a deadlift, only do it once. And those other times just do more front squatting. Well, fantastic talking with you, Brian. The show is fantastic. Um, I look forward to more Frisbee shows like next week. If you'd like to talk about this uh, most interesting topic um, that I just showed the video, that is a preview of my live call-in show tomorrow morning. Um, Tellender did Sevy dirty. What did he do? What did he do? Tell me what he did. I hope he did me dirty. <clears throat> Thank you, Bruce. Oh, it's funny. These shows actually get a lot of views, which is fucking bizarre to me. You'll get thousands of views. Uh, Kenneth, let me know what Tellender did. Tomorrow morning. Until then. Bye-bye. What happened? What happened? What happened?